2: Hello, everybody. It's Thursday, July 5th, 2012. (laughs) I'm I'm
3: confused. I know. And
2: you are listening to the Talking Comics podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say. What day is this?
3: Thursday. Hi. It can't can't be Thursday already. It's still Wednesday somewhere, isn't it? I
0: thought
1: it was Friday.
3: Those,
2: (laughs) Those dulcet tones are Mr. Bob Ryer. Good evening. And on the line with Stephanie Cook. Hello. All right, so... We took yesterday off for three of us here. It was a holiday. For the Canadian up there, it was not. So It was
1: on the weekend. We had a party up in here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, it was uh, our Independence Day. And we had a good time. It was yes. A, it was a good... Steve and I hung out. On Independence Day? We did. Even though we didn't record a podcast, we still hung out.
3: Well, you should have hung out, too, and, and podcasted. You could have done both plenty you
2: know, of time. we were at a pool and at a barbecue. <laughs> Floating in the and pool the podcast. And the movies. Wow. I went
1: to a pool, too, for my Independence Day in Canada. Oh,
2: my God. Nobody cares about MG. Canadian Independence Day. <laughs> Nobody cares about Canadian Independence Day.
1: Except the for Canadians. Canadians. So yeah. Yeah. You, guys were like, <laughs> you guys were like, except for you three.
2: Um, Excuse me, could we please not be um ruled by England anymore? And they were like, yeah, whatever. And so then, that's what happened.
1: And we like maple syrup and yeah. stuff.
3: <laughs> wow! And Our Independence hats. Day is stained in blood. And, and, and Bill Pullman.
1: Seriously, yes. I went swimming. It was so good. It was all like hot and stuff, and I was all like, "I'm getting in a pool," and I did. <laughs> That's amazing. And it was a water slide too. It was like
0: oh,
2: at first it was really we,
1: lame because it was like really slow, but then you pick up speed, and then I got water up my nose.
3: Wow,
2: <laughs> you're like a little kid. So that's what a water
3: slide's about, though, being a little
1: mm-hmm. kid.
2: Well, the pool Steve and I went to was a saltwater pool. It was. Can you well, float?
1: Aren't we fancy?
2: Well, no, it's not like the Dead Sea.
1: Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> See, that's what
2: I would want. want. It was a good time. The water was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was a little warm for my taste. I want to be a little bit colder. Because there's a point where I was actually kind of warm in the water, which is not what I wanted to be. When it's like 89 degrees outside, 90 degrees outside. Mm. Um, But yeah, it was a good day. It was a good day. Um,
1: Did you guys have cupcakes that had like flags on them and stuff. Yeah, I sent yes so. I wow. said, picked, uh, pictures to Stephanie last night of a yeah.
0: cupcake that I wanted her to eat and then I took a bite out of it and I sent her the I picture.
1: did that too. We had the cupcakes cheersing, except not with you, but in Canada we had like, <laughs> flags on them and then we cheersed our cupcakes. Aye. And I yelled at some kids who kicked a ball onto our picnic. <laughs> like, keep your
3: are ball are you? away. Hey, you Mom, motherfucking darn picnic. <laughs> what are you 80, eighty years old? Yeah. Get away
1: from my blanket, you <laughs>
3: kids <laughs> You're turning into me.
0: <laughs> now you're not but getting it back.
2: <laughs> Stephanie oh, is always like... complaining about teenagers and kids. She is it wasn't always
1: a, like, teenager. These were like children.
2: <laughs> you're constantly. It's even worse then that yes. you're yelling at them. Um, stop playing. Better,
1: they Don't started to fall with their parents at some point, and the dad kicked it over, and we also yelled at the dad. So it wasn't just nice. children we yelled at.
2: Okay, well at wow. least at least you're a equal opportunity.
1: Exactly. I just Ass. hate everyone.
0: <laughs> all right. So um, we... Uh, now, now that we've offended I'm, all I'm, of Canada... I'm yeah. picturing Stephanie at the DMV and just seemed like, like a slaughterhouse.
3: <laughs> you,
0: all you people.
3: I bet you their DMV is much nicer than ours.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they're much more polite there.
3: Yeah. Probably.
0: Um,
2: sure. So, yeah. So that's why we didn't have a podcast on Wednesday for you guys. Uh, but we have a podcast today and we have a lot, a lot to talk about. A lot of books because... The books came out for this week um, before we recorded the podcast, which is not a usual thing for us. Nope. So there's a lot to talk about, some news to talk about, and we're going to be reviewing The Amazing Spider-Man, the movie, uh, for our topic this week. But before we get to that, like we've been doing most weeks, uh, let's talk about the two kind of biggest things that are happening right now, which is before Watchmen, and we'll mention AVX, but I don't feel like there's a lot just new to say about AVX7 compared to uh, last time we talked about it. Um, So we've got... Before Watchmen, we have two issues I want to talk about. We have Night Owl and Ozymandias. Um, we'll talk about um, Night Owl first, because that came out first. Uh, I reviewed it. And I think generally we've been pretty positive about the Before Watchmen stuff. Well, they've stuff. been
0: good up until yeah. right. Night Owl.
2: Um, Night yeah. Owl, written by J. Michael Stradinsky um, is, is a turd. <laughs> it's not a good book. And it, How it, do you really <laughs> feel? <laughs> and it's kind of the... I think the nightmare of what everybody who was railing against before Agreed. Watchmen before, before Watchmen came out what they were yeah. also worried about. it's unoriginal, it's uninspired. It, the A fourth of the book is a scene that is in Watchmen. It's the same scene, just with a little you know bumper and a little tag yeah. put onto it, which I don't think raises what's happening there at all. It tells a story you know unfortunately, um, Dan Drberg. Or however you say his name, mm-hmm. in Watchmen is a character that's given some short shrift. And he's given a short shrift in this his own book as well. He's just not the most interesting character in the entire world. Because he's kind of just an okay guy who wanted to be a superhero mm-hmm. and became one. And that's who he is in this book. But here they give him like an abusive father and, you know, uh, th- an attitude. He's they almost make him like the way Tim Drake became Robin, that's almost what he's doing to Hollis Mason, the first Night Owl. Yeah. Except Tim Drake didn't have an asshole father, he had a normal father, yeah. he, just, he just wanted to be Robin, and that's kind of the deal in this book. Yeah, Dan wants to be Night Owl, he wants to be Night Owl sidekick, and he ends up replacing the Night Owl.
3: Couldn't he just be positive? Yeah. Really just love the idea of being a superhero and going ahead and doing it? No, yeah. let's layer some crap on him, mm-hmm. because I, being J. Michael Straczynski, I'll layer some crap on him.
1: <laughs> to be fair... Everyone else has layered some crap on these people too. Well, I yes, mean,
2: but it's not layered crap. They layered new stuff. There's a difference between executing things correctly and executing things wrongly. You know. Well, right, at the
1: same time, I'm not saying it was executed right or wrong. I'm still saying that the other stories have all added crap that is probably huh, unnecessary into the story. You cannot, say that, you cannot say that word anymore.
3: It's banned.
2: You cannot say that word
1: anymore. You cannot say that word anymore. Unnecessary, unnecessary, Because it means sinister. nothing.
3: Unnecessary means sinister. nothing. It's just like a shortcut. No, no, Silk Spectre, we we got to see Laurie mm-hmm. growing up, which we didn't get to see before, except for two seconds of her coming out of a car dressed up mm-hmm. and her mom yelling at her. Mm-hmm. We got something new. We, uh, comedian, we got all this Kennedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Something interesting was being added to the mix. This was a rehash. Mm-hmm. And that's it, my main problem with it. If he wants to make Dreyberg's father a,
2: a, an abusive guy and he wants to create a story for him, that's fine if you do it well. My problem is that JMS recycles already used mm-hmm. Alan Moore material to fill a book. So he's charging you, you're getting charged $4 to buy what is essentially a half of an original book. You know? And that yeah. to me is unacceptable. No. Um, I also think that the treatment of Rorschach is ridiculous. He makes him like a comedy act.
0: Yeah, he, You know, he's um. doing this doing term <laughs> yeah. thing
2: every two seconds. The only good moment is when Dan does it back to him, which I think is a funny moment. But Rorschach is an extremely serious character. And here they paint him kind of just like, sort of happy-go-lucky. Not happy-go-lucky, but the, the point of Rorschach the
0: wisecracking is... wisecracking dude. Yeah, wisecracking
2: yeah. guy. The point of Rorschach in Watchmen is that he's kind of always been this way, you know? And just the world kind of outgrew him. And in this, he's he seems like... You know, daredevil to me, in a right? Lot of As ways. opposed
3: to that guy when he's in prison, and it's you're trapped in here with me. Yeah, which exactly. is one of the scariest lines in a movie ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's just sort of, oh, this is a badass.
0: Yeah. Um, do you agree, Steve, with the the quality of Night Owl? Um, my problem with Night Owl, I mean, I without getting into too many specifics, it was just I found it hard to read. Like from the from the very first page, that big pointy bubble just so many words and, and just the, the phrasing of things mm-hmm. I I had to read the first page like at least two or three times to feel like I had actually understood it or okay. gotten something out of it. Um yeah there was just there was uh, there was an you know what it was there was a noticeable dip in quality mm-hmm. that I oh, mean I'm perfect. not the biggest not that I'm not a big fan, I'm not a big fan of Watchmen. I think it's a wonderful book. It is mm-hmm. definitely one of the best that I've read. Mm-hmm. But I read it a couple of years ago. I don't really... And I've only seen the movie once. Right. I didn't really like the movie. Okay. I, um, I loved how close it was to mm. the book, hated the ending, and absolutely despised the soundtrack. Okay. But um, I... You know, Silk Spectre I, is still my favorite. I thought it was great. Comedian, I warmed up to it, mm-hmm. thought it was very good. Um, I'm even starting to forget the first issue at this point, but I remember enjoying that, right. whatever, whatever Man. it was. Minute Men. <laughs> Minute Men. Um, and then this came out and you know, of course you hear the word of mouth and you go in and you try to ignore the naysayers and you just want to have your own opinion about it. But when I opened it up, I was like, wow, I'm like, they're, they're kind of right. And it really soiled my view of the book from the first page. And I felt like I was slogging through it. And Mm -hmm. when I feel like I'm like, I can't wait to get to the end just so I could read something else. That's a sign of a
3: bad comic yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. It's watching a movie, looking at your wristwatch. Yeah, like, uh, like when I start
0: go. to when I start to get bored, or like the equivalent to a movie that you sat down to watch it, and after like twenty, twenty three minutes, you've given it some time, like you want to see it out, but you just you can't. Mm-hmm. Like Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. <laughs> if I could have, I would have shut the movie off and walked out of the theater and got my money back.
2: Um, Stephanie, you read Night Owl, correct?
1: Yeah, it is definitely terrible. Um, I mean. I was just sort of pointing things out for the sake of pointing things out. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's really much to redeem Night Owl. <laughs> um, so, I mean, turd. Yeah. I turd. agree. I,
2: I think it's a mediocre book up until the point where Driedberg actually becomes Night Owl. I think, And I think from there it falls off the wagon completely. I think it becomes wow. an awful book. So it, it's just not something you should be picking up and not reading. Uh, even if you're one of those people who's like, I have to get all the Before Watchmen stuff because I'm collecting them. It, it, skip all of, the, of Night Owl. Um, it's... I, I think it's not even a subjectively a turn. I think it's objectively just a badly written book. Um, Let's
1: all play the "it never existed" game.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is easy to do because it, it seems to have really no effect. And the fact they call it "Before Watchmen" when he's basically already a Watchman or whatever. When I don't know that's the name of their group, but you know what I mean. Um, when this book is going on is a little bit weird to me. It feels like it's hewing way too close to the events of Watchmen. Well,
3: despite the other. Uh, their legal problems are over with; it. they've already mm-hmm. sorted that out. So they can't get sued, but I think they're very afraid of stepping on any toes whatsoever. So they're going to tread yeah. very carefully and say, "No, we can't affect anything that's going to happen." It's mm-hmm. the Lucas prequels. Yeah. We, we'll make sure we get to where we have to get to, mm-hmm. no matter how convoluted and twisted. We'll make this to get there.
2: Right. So um, the other book that yeah. came out, this book came out this week, which is Ozymandias, which is Len Ween, right? I and- <laughs> hate to say that? I think it's one Len- Osmandias. Oh, I, I, I say Ozymandias.
0: <laughs>
3: I know you do. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, 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 I wasn't going to say that. Go. and uh,
2: thank you, Steve. And uh, Jai Lee, I think, is his name. I'm not sure. I, yes. I can him. razz
0: Bobby. He loves me.
2: That's fine. It's not yeah. razzing. I'd rather have it Be corrected. corrected. <laughs> yeah. But I, I it's Ozymandias, right?
0: Osmandias. Osmandias. Yeah. Say it quickly. I got it. Precisely.
2: Osmandias. Um, you got it. <laughs> now, I reviewed this book as well. And this is the tale, obviously, of. now. This is a little spoilers for Watchmen. If you guys have, are not somebody who's seen la, the la, movie or read la, the book, la, la, la. Yeah. Um, uh, you know um, Osmandius is the villain, huh? basically at the end of Watchmen. Ba-ba-boom. He's the one organizing yeah, yeah. all this stuff that's happening throughout the entire.
3: I'm your book. father, Luke.
1: You ruined everything.
2: <laughs> I know. I ruined it. Oh. <laughs> Ruiner of stuff. So this book Dean's to tell the story of this man and how he gets to where he is, and. We start out with this monologue from him about history being the true you know, judge about who you are and what you do. And that seemed very, that character to me. And then we get this story of how he grew up and how he became who he was. And being a fan of Watchmen, it just did not feel like that character. Forget about the events that are happening. It felt like, the sense you get in Watchmen to me, and anybody correct me if I'm wrong who've read it, is that, you know Adrian, at the end of the book, has gotten to this place after coming from a place where he was a genuine hero and did a lot of great things for a lot of people he's friends with all the people all these people seem to like him very much um, and it's he's gotten to this point where his intelligence has so kind of you know furthered him from everyone else that he feels like he has the right to decide what happens to everyone well
3: as the uh, dr Manhattan's now above humanity right. Well, Adrian feels himself above humanity, yes. too. They're mm. simulcrums of each other. Mm. And that whole idea is what sells him poorly. Yes. He ends up thinking, I can do better for humanity humanity can do for themselves. Yes. I'm smarter, better. Mm-hmm. I know better. Yeah. I'm the overseeing parent.
2: Yeah. And you get a sense that he came to this place, yeah. right? But he's still a good person with a yeah. bad idea. Yeah. This book sets him out as sort of a sociopath. <laughs> like, from the beginning, he's like this detached... Person from he's a kid talking like he's forty. By the way, Um, which I'm not
3: that upset (laughs) about. I was I was kind of that. So wait a minute.
2: (laughs) But um, he seems called proper. It feels like a he feels like a serial killer origin to me. Like he has no emotions. Everything is completely scientific and broken down. And he he is in a relationship with this woman who he supposedly loves, but shows her no emotion throughout the entire time they're together. Um, And everything just feels so calculated to me that it feels like, to me, I'm like, no matter how dumb any of the characters are in Watchmen, the Alan Moore Watchmen, if they didn't realize this guy was a sociopath, then they're bigger idiots than, you
3: know, you yes. and I are, because he acts like one <laughs> that entire book. Right, they killed him in the middle of one of those meetings. That's it, goodbye, we don't have to worry about him anymore.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, it really bothered me. It didn't feel like there's any genesis to this character. It feels like the, uh, the character I'm seeing here is the same guy who's at the end in that last issue of Watchmen, and What's
3: the point of that? And it, it's on the writer. Yeah, I love Len Wein at Marvel mm. and DC. Mm. He is the exact opposite sort of writer of Alan Moore. He is a personal, smaller story, mm. really good writer for that. This is—I don't want to say it's beyond him, mm-hmm. but by this, this issue's evidence, it is.
2: Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, Steve, but you have a different opinion than us.
3: I don't know now. <laughs> no, your opinion is yeah, your, your opinion. opinion. We'll, well, I, we'll I, talk you out of it after you say it. I read it no. you know, right
0: before we started the show, and um, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I, I read it years ago. I don't really remember specifics, especially, I mean, I remember him being the villain, and I remember him being calculated and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, but I mean, listening to you talk about it now, I'm not so sure. (laughs) But I mean, without first of all, I would like to say I don't have it in front of me, but the art is spectacular. Oh, it is spectacular. Yes, Yes, absolutely. I really, really, really dug Mm -hmm. um the art. I thought was cool. Um, I thought some some parts about it were a little typical. Like I'm getting I'm getting a little tired of seeing the the bullied kid mm-hmm. thing. Like I wish that they yeah. could think of something else. Yeah. to to form who somebody is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been through some horrific shit, and <laughs> you know, yeah. I, think of something else. Yeah, give them an illness. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. Anyway,
3: let them get bit by a radioactive spider. Is yeah, <laughs> it always works.
0: Um, but it's I I I liked the. I like the idea that I felt that I was like, I mean, you were talking about how it, like, the the genesis of the character feels like it almost, like, they almost did it in one issue. Yeah. You know, which is interesting. I didn't really think of it that way. Mm. Now that I am, I'm a little confused. (laughs) But um, I don't know, my general impressions. You know what it might also be? Coming off of Night Owl, Mm. it was like, at least it's a little bit better. And it is a little bit better.
2: And it's not a stinker like Night Owl is. There is some good things in this book. I like the style in which it's written. Yeah. You know, I, I like this mm-hmm. big, smart text that fills the entire book. However, in a Point does Review, sometimes that big, smart dialogue is put in the mouths of people who aren't you know, right. our lead character. Oh, I
3: hadn't noticed that. Yes, absolutely. Like the principal
2: has this line where I'm like, this principal of this elementary school is not going to be saying things like this. Yeah. And I have a problem with that. That's, that's bad dialogue writing. Cause that's making everybody sound... Mm.
0: Oh, you should read Earth 2, then.
3: <laughs>
2: Which I will. I have yeah, not read we'll, Earth yeah. 2 yet. But so...
3: Now, now we're at a scoreboard where three up, two down yeah. on Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's doing Rorschach? Brian Azarello, who did The Comedian. We've got a shot. Yeah. I'm, We've I'm, got a shot. Because that's the one that could be the biggest screw-up of all.
2: Yeah, he's the he's the character in a lot of ways. The character Everybody kind of thinks about when they think yeah. of Watchmen, I think. They think of that changing mask and that guy. So we shall see how that goes. Um AVX, as far as AVX goes, it was good. I don't think it's as good as issue six. Um, some interesting things brought up with the Iron Fist and, you know. Um, a lot of Wanda. Yeah, a lot of Wanda stuff, a lot of Scarlet Witch stuff. So it, I, I think it's developing yeah. to something cool, and it's going, obviously going to lead into this Marvel Now stuff, which we are going to talk about later um, in the second yeah. half of the show. So not much to say about that, but let's get to our books of the week. Cause Stephanie, you didn't get the chance to read. Before I didn't. Watchmen. I, yeah, I okay.
1: didn't. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. It's totally cool. So I'll just say, you guys are probably right. Or I could just be like, you know, stir you're the pot. Wrong. Stir, yeah. the pot. Yeah. stir the pot. And stir the pot a little bit. The pot. But I've got nothing to add on to that. So, you know.
2: Right. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, books of the week. Uh, mm. Speaking of uh, before stuff and reinventions mm. and such, um, the Batman uh, Earth 1 came out this past week. Uh, it's written by Jeff Johns with art by Gary Frank, and it is a kind of alternate universe telling of the Batman origin. It's basically a bizarro version of Batman year one in in a lot of ways, Um, because it retreads a lot of the same Mm. ground as far as time period and what it covers, but it does it very, very differently. Uh, I reviewed the book, and upon first read of it, and Stephanie contested this because I was talking to her while I was writing the review today, (laughs) I, I was like, I didn't really like it that much. And then I was writing the review, and I kept thinking of stuff that I liked, and this that I liked, and that 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 I liked, and it started building up, and I was like, you know what? I really liked this book. There was some stuff. I like Jeff Johns. I think he's a great writer. He's not great at writing Batman. Like, the the voice of Batman, the way Batman acts, the way he deals with things, Mm -hmm. I don't think that is his sweet spot. I think that's because he likes to reinvent characters, and Batman's one of the only characters that doesn't need to be reinvented. You know, he has his—he's nearly a perfect character in a, in a lot of ways.
3: Mm-hmm. And he think, is trying to tell a story here, though, of perhaps before his character is set in stone. Absolutely, he still knew it. What he's doing?
2: Yes, but even let's say year one, which Frank Miller mm-hmm. wrote, that's Batman before he's totally developed. But it still feels like Batman to me. Okay. there's something sure. intangible that doesn't feel quite like Batman to me here. But aside from that. He does a lot of cool things. He messes, messes with the origin a, l- a little bit. It's still, his parents get killed in an alley after a movie. It's the same thing we've seen 6,000 mm-hmm. times. And that one part of the book is kind of, I'm just, I don't need to see that again. You I, know?
0: I thought the part of that book, I thought that was one of the oddest parts.
2: Um, I don't need to see that origin again because I've seen it a thousand times. Just hint at it. Everybody knows it. You mm-hmm. know, everybody
3: knows that origin. Montage would be fine.
2: Yeah. However, I do enjoy the way he tweaks Gotham City and the way he takes familiar characters and puts them in completely different yeah, roles. We won't say anything. Yeah. yeah. As an alternate universe take, it has a lot of merits in that way. Um, you know, the way they use Jim Gordon mm-hmm. and Bullock and kind of flip them in a lot of ways is really cool. And it uh, they turn Bullock into kind of this, uh, if you've seen L.A. Confidential, like this Jack Vincennes, Kevin Spacey yeah. character, you know, and... Um, Guy Smiley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I, I think he writes Barbara really, really well. She's yep. whip-smart and she's resourceful and I, I think he, he, you know, the Penguin's in this book. I won't tell you how he's in this book but written really well, I think. Love,
3: love Alfred here. Yeah. Alfred to me is just incredible here. I Love what exactly, they did with yeah. that.
2: It completely changes Alfred yeah. in a lot of ways in really interesting ways um, and his interactions with Bruce are the only times where I feel like the differences in Batman's character make sense because that's so wildly different. 'Cause the way Batman is in the rest of the book is very Batman. So the fact that he doesn't feel quite right kind of bothers me a little bit. But I did write my review that if this is the first of what is gonna be many volumes, then I maybe I'll get used to this Batman and I'll like this take on the mm. character. You also see his eyes, which I make a big deal about, like in the you know, <laughs> oh, really, yeah, I saw that, that was that different. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you can see his vulnerability and stuff. Steve, you read it. what did you think? Um, I I gotta say I did uh I, I did dig it. I was a little um there were se- there were several things that I was a little put off by mm-hmm. at first, um, but then uh, I was talking to Rob, our mm-hmm. good friend, yes, and he I, he hated it. Yeah, he hated it. He absolutely hated mm-hmm. it. And I was you know I was texting him while I was reading the book, and I was like, I can't say anything because I'll, I'll ruin it. Mm-hmm. But there were key moments where I was I was definitely calling the book into question mm-hmm. whether or not it was a good idea to do what they did. Things that I mean, you say that it changed the origin story a little, mm-hmm. I. Th- I think it changed just damn near everything. Not maybe not the specifics of like his parents dying and stuff like that. Well, that's what but, I mean. That's what I mean. I okay. mean the parents dying in the alley. It's yeah. basically the same thing. Um, but it was it was pretty much the opposite. Like of things that you expected to happen mm-hmm. didn't happen. Yeah. And sometimes when you're reading something like that that is so ingrained in you, mm-hmm. I mean, every, I mean, they've never really changed the Batman origin too much. Well, not since year one came out, no. Right. Yeah. And now you have something that comes along that is, in my my estimation, I mean, I'm a huge Batman fan. Mm. It was pretty damn different. Yeah. Um, but then again, in a world where, you know, people get bored easily and they're always complaining that the same crap comes out time and time again. Mm-hmm. I have to give it credit for being again radically different and and taking the character and the fact that it's its own separate thing. Yeah, I that it's not going to affect the other Batman worlds. It's not going to affect Scott Snyder's Batman no, or whatever. No. Um, I think it's something like every six months, um, one of the Earth One books, Superman, Batman are going to switch on and off mm. is going to come out. Um, so if that's the case, like if I get to read this one or two more times before the next one comes out, mm-hmm. and we have like a like really, like you said, like a bizarro Batman mm-hmm. book that's just, it's the same but totally different. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely interested in reading more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, it's weird. I, I feel like uh, knowing that it is going to be so different and that I would have to get used to this kind of Batman story and this kind of Batman book, that this is going to be something that I'll read again later that will continue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to read it again with a different mindset. And I think that I would enjoy it much more the second time around.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I was under the sweet impression that it was a one-off thing. You know, that's so what I thought when I was reading it. That was part of my reservation about it. I was like, "This is weird. This feels like they're they're, they're setting a lot of hooks here and a lot of storylines that feel like they need more time to develop, and they're all going to wrap this up in one issue." Right. But then there's that cliffhanger at the end of the end of the book. Where I'm like, "Oh, uh, okay, it's going to be more." So yeah. now I accept it a little more. Now I would like to read several of these, you know, stories. I mean, Bob, you started out kind of. Not liking it Yes, and then... because uh,
3: the origin is, again, mostly the same yeah. I want the moment mm-hmm. There are certain things that there should be With great power comes great mm-hmm. responsibility You know, Krypton should explode Batman should be sitting in his dressing gown In a chair bef- before the window And mm-hmm. a bat flies in and he mm-hmm. does the speech That said, as I kept reading I was drawn further and further into this mm-hmm. New story Lots of detective-y stuff, which yeah. I love from Batman mm-hmm. A very dark Gotham City Even before all the bad hero, supervillain stuff Mm -hmm. begins, it's really a bad place. Yeah. We've got the Wayne sort of building the city and the Arkham's, which I've never heard described in quite that way, which I kind of enjoyed. Again, uh, an interesting guest appearance, which I'm not spoiling, Mm -hmm. which is pretty pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not random when you think about it. It does make some sense. Uh, Great action sequence. It's a tough, tough crime story. Yeah. Which is really good to see. It's it's a forties film noir detective thing with Batman running through it. Yeah.
2: And I think the art is good, just not spectacular. I think it's just very good art. There was some really cool pages in there. There are, but I think in general it's just very solid. There's nothing wrong with it. I just don't Do think a lot it's
0: spectacular. Of swoopy stuff with the cape. Yeah. <laughs> I like the cape.
3: Yeah. Including a big moment right near the end. Yes. Right.
0: Well, I was um, I was gonna say just one more thing. It'll kind of lead into what'll be my uh, mm. book of the week. But um, the villain, or like you pointed out, that mm. he's not really a villain. He's yeah. just more of like a, a henchman yeah. uh, of the book. I just hope that if they do another one, that they get a little bit more creative. Perhaps give the the villain of the book a little bit more of a personality.
2: Yeah, well, I think we see who the villain's gonna be in the next book when they do it. At yeah. The end
0: of that book. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of tell uh, we've also was- we that page that <laughs> final page mm-hmm. we've seen that page like five or six times in other books. Like yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just, I I just I want I want something like if that's where they're gonna go, I want it to be really good because that was one of the only failings I thought of the book, which is it was really horrific. Mm-hmm. Like the the villain, mm-hmm. the, his method of of killing yeah. and and yeah. whatever was not only was it gruesome. But it was it, it was deeply disturbing. Yeah, well, you know? to, to
3: the point that Bullet can't even. Right. they don't show it to you. Yeah. He can't bear but it it would to have, see it.
0: It would have been cool if mm-hmm. that was from a more um, verbal person, mm-hmm. maybe, and not just this hulking empty mass. Mm-hmm. I, I I just I just wanted I wanted more from the villain. Mm-hmm. I, gotcha. I I need somebody to hate, not just because of what they're doing, right. but I want to hate the person mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and I didn't. I was just like, this is just a dude. Gotcha. Yeah. Um,
2: so that's Batman Earth 1 Speaking yep. of Batman Steve Batman The Dark Knight Our favorite book
0: <laughs> Yeah no um, Yeah it's uh, one of my Books of the week uh, From last week Batman number 10 uh, Written by Greg Hurwitz Batman The Dark Knight Number 10 Batman The Dark Knight Yes thank you Bobby <laughs> And I believe David Finch Did the, the artwork yeah. for it um, I, I had stopped buying Batman The Dark Knight There's a little story To this um, I had stopped buying Batman Dark Knight And You know, then the Night of the Owls happened, and of course, I I had to keep buying it. And then I said, no more. I'm like, I'm done. And then I got the news that they switched writers. So, okay, Mm got to give it another shot, because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. And I sat down with it, and I read it, and I said, son of a bitch. (laughs) I said, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. (laughs) Now, you know, I like all kinds of different Batman stories. Mm -hmm. But the thing with about the Dark Knight is that the Dark Knight is supposed to be, that brand of, of Batman comic is supposed to be dirty. It's supposed to be gritty. It's supposed to be gruesome. And it's supposed to scare the shit out of you. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a Scarecrow tale, which he's my favorite. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. got to check it out. Um, I'm not going to say this isn't, it's not a Scarecrow that I haven't seen before. Because, of course, he's always doing stuff with his fear gases mm. and stuff like that. But he was so sick. And so twisted that by the the end of, like, the fourth page, I wanted him dead. Mm -hmm. And I've never, like, wanted him dead. I just wanted him to do more cool and kooky stuff. I wanted him dead. Mm -hmm. Um, He's horrible in this book, in in a good (laughs) way. Mm. Yeah. Um, But it's weird. I, you know, I like lighthearted Batman. I like, you know, weird Batman. This is, like, gruesome Saw, not Saw-like, because those movies are terrible. (laughs) But, um... It's it dis, it's disturbing, kind of like the the villain of Earth One, mm-hmm. where that was really disturbing. Yeah. This is the Scarecrow being that disturbing, but coming from a character that's established, mm-hmm. that now that he's acting this way, like you're concerned because he usually pulls some stuff and watches from like, a distance. Mm-hmm. He's right in there, mm-hmm. uh, in this, and I'm just in I'm I've been in a in a dark place and i, I when I found <laughs> out that I had a, a a dark Batman book to go with that mm-hmm. nice. i I was really excited and i'm I'm back on board I don't think that it's like the most amazing thing ever but it it caught my interest and it got me buying the book again so that's good enough for me that's good so yeah. Batman the dark Knight number ten right? yeah cool um and you said you had another one right yeah, I just wanted to give a quick mention to um, uh, something that when we went into the store, I didn't even know it was coming out. Mm-hmm. But uh, a couple of weeks, months, whatever, back, you talked about The Cape yeah. by Joe Hill, yeah. mm-hmm. who is uh, Stephen King's son mm-hmm. under a pen name. And The Cape was probably so far my second favorite thing that I've read so far this mm-hmm. year. Um, it was amazing. Yeah. If you haven't read it, read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, it's in a you know collected trade mm-hmm. thingy. One shot, whatever. Uh, and now we have the cape 1969, yeah. number one, that came out. And what happened with this was I saw it on the shelf. I got excited because mm-hmm. I had the logo, the cape <laughs> on it. And I was like, oh, awesome. And I read it. And the first page, this isn't giving anything away. You see two boys reading a letter from their father who's mm-hmm. off in the Vietnam War. And they're sitting on the couch and they're reading with the mom. And it's cute. And, mm-hmm. you know, oh, this is, you know, your letter from your daddy, blah, blah, blah. And I read the whole book, and it's, uh, what is his name? Captain Corey, where is it? Uh, Captain Corey Chase, yes. <laughs> uh, it's his story, and he's, you know, with his Vietnam buddies, missile takes out a chopper, mm. and they're you know, shit out of luck in the jungle. they are, uh, you know, v- uh, Vietnamese troops mm. are closing in on them, and there's something in the trees. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. And I read this whole thing, and I and I, I got to the end, and I was like, well, that was cool. That wasn't what I expected, mm-hmm. but that was cool. And then I went to bed. I woke up this morning, and I was thinking about it, and I said, it it clicked. And I said, oh, my God. In the cape, the, the cape was yeah, yeah. from mm-hmm. the father, and it yeah. was in one of those, like, war tins. Mm-hmm. And that was the magical yeah. item that yeah. brought forth all the chaos yeah. and whatever. And I said, holy crap. This is a prequel. This is the story of how the father got the cape and mm-hmm. how it wound up in that box. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I read it again, it makes total sense now and it is it is not that it's like the most fantastic thing you'll ever read, mm-hmm. but it is such a good start to something it's that I'm I'm sure is going to be awesome mm-hmm. that I just I'm so pumped. Yeah.
3: So the cape was a nasty piece of work. Oh, it was so it was good. At every, yeah, but every turn you expected he'll—he can't go there. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah, yes, he did.
2: There's a tremendous amount of violence in this first issue, and yes. probably the comic I've read with the most. Fucks in it? Like the most use of the word. Yeah, fuck. The,
0: the language is definitely uh, over the top, but if you think about it during wartime. Oh, no. It's some soldiers and yeah. some shit. Yeah, yeah like, that's. I, I would be. Yeah, get it. Yeah, fuck would be the only word in my uh, <laughs> vocabulary yeah, if some... I had. Uh, Tribesmen and bullets, and <laughs> yeah. explosions, slogging through
2: some up rice paddy. Yeah. Yeah. The helicopter gets shot down, so there's a lot of F bombs yeah. thrown around. No, it's really cool, and I'm I'm so excited that it's out and that it's happening, and that I get to read it, and yeah. that I'm going to see the story develop as it goes along. Yeah, it's going to be cool. It's cool to see the kind of that origin story of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I put it together not until I opened the book. I mean, I t- t- a little sooner than you did. I opened it up, and the two boys were sitting there, and I was like, Oh, of course, it's the father's story. Yeah. I didn't even. Right. But, but before I read the open the book, yeah. I didn't even think of it. You
0: right. know, um, I just thought it was going to be a soldier who gets the cape. And yeah. It's just another story. Yeah, I me mean, yeah. too. That's know, what the cape, I thought the too. cape's been around for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the I, mystic absolutely. Cape. Um, Stephanie, have you read the cape? Nope. But oh, now so, no
1: more sense of wonder about the book. Oh. Thanks a lot, guys. We didn't spoil
3: anything from the book. No. We just <laughs> said it was nasty. Yeah.
1: Huh?
3: It's just nasty. <laughs> She's, She's not even
2: listening. listening. Yeah, we didn't spoil anything huh? from the book.
1: Well, if I did, you're saying I that You didn't even see that coming and now I will see that. No, it's coming. not
2: anything. But like, I think you were supposed to see it coming cuz in the book, he, the, the book, the beginning of the book, beginning of the cape, he's like, "Oh, I have my father's like blanket or whatever yeah. it is from the war." And I just didn't put it together. I was we were just
0: idiots. We didn't think of it
2: before uh, he started reading. Okay. It, but, I was yes. going to say, that's
1: a no. little mean if you're giving me that
2: no. away cuz no. I want
0: to No, wanna. we didn't spoil anything. Things. This was me <laughs> being me. This yeah. was my my typical, you know, Forgetting yeah. self, and then waking up in the morning and going aha. <laughs> right,
3: and in the cape itself, it happens in the first what three pages? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, sure. and in
0: this one, it happens in the very first panel. Yeah, so uh, yeah, there's no, we didn't spoil okay. anything.
2: Um, right. So we still have Bob and Seven to get through in book of the week, but and I hate to be so personal about this. I have to go to the bathroom, so we're gonna take a little bit of a break. Hey, hey, and I'll uh, be <laughs> right back. So we are back, huh. and uh, I relieved myself. I'm ready. I'm recommitted. We're going to be doing this podcast now. Mm. All right. Okay. So, book of the week. I might leave. <laughs> Stephanie, what do you got hey. for us?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, So, I decided to kind of do something different for this week. Um,
3: Stir and, the pot.
1: <laughs> yes, stirring the pot in Canada. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, a little while ago I talked about mark wade's new web comic wait mark wade yes, yes. <laughs> um and so i've been kind of on this web comic kick and um a while ago i found this comic called sarah and the seed by ryan andrews um and so that is what my book of the week is for this week wow. um it's absolutely wonderful um basically it's it's really short so i won't go into plot too much but basically it's about a woman who um she's always dreamed of having a big family. She was raised in a big family. So she wants, you know, to have a family like that of her own. Um, so her and her husband, they just get older and older and older and they realize that they're never going to have kids. And, you know, um, you see them gray and wobbly, kind of a bit like, um, what's his face, Carl and up, you know, he kind of resembles Mm -hmm. that a little bit to me. And, um, One day she wakes up and says, I'm pregnant.
0: And um Yeah. Pregnant pause.
1: (laughs) So um basically the wife is named Sarah and uh she's pregnant. And when she goes to give birth, she doesn't give birth to a baby, she gives birth to a seed. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. And um Hmm. I know it sounds incredibly kind of quirky and strange, but um it's just such a great little comic. Um It's, it's just, the art is wonderful. It's all done in gray tones and it's done in this way that only somebody who has extensive sort of knowledge of color theory can create, or at least that's the vibe um, Andrews gets off. Color theory
0: in gray. Wow.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I took, when I was in school, you did color theory and part of color theory is um, gray tones. Like you're learning Hmm. what each color is, but in gray, Hmm. like reds and grays, blues and you actually, we had tests where you know they would show us grays and you had to pinpoint what color they were.
3: That see, makes a I'm, lot I'm of the, sense. I'm yeah. the black yeah. and white movie guy around here, yeah. yeah that's it what makes sense, com- yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking about
0: yeah. Batman Death by Design and mm-hmm. how, how that was, yeah. Absolutely. Now, yeah. That, now that you're talking about it, yeah, I can tell. Like, when I look at the gray, I do see colors anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, even though it is gray, I still see like you know the brown suit, the blonde, mm-hmm. dusty hair, whatever,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and um. Even in my um, art classes, we actually had a whole course where all we could do was use grays to convey color.
0: Mm, Um, You went to a much interesting school than I did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was college, not like high school or anything.
0: (gasps) Well, my college was a video game college. So (laughs) imagine that. And then imagine that not being very fun. And that's my college.
1: Well, anyways. So um, basically, again, it's all gray tone. And it's just so beautifully done. Um, The art is so great, and it's just this creative story that takes, you know, this almost almost Thumbelina-esque kind of turn, but not really. Um, Where you're not sure if this old woman is crazy or, you know, what is going on with her and her husband and this seed that she's given birth to. Um, He's kind of, you know, what's up with this? And she's kind of like, I love the seed aha oh, seed's best friend anyways
3: i'm, I'm thinking a racer head at this point now it's, do they do I, they plant it What do they,
1: they do, with do it i well, you have, no, to, really have don't to the
0: comic. Comic. i'm guessing <laughs> spoiler it can't be, <laughs> a, can't be a spoiler, spoiler if i've never right. read it i'm guessing
1: <laughs> so basically there's a pretty long page like it's a pretty massive one page but there's five parts to the story um, and to find this comic it's at ryan-a.com and then um, you can either go to slash comics slash Sarah and the Seed or you could just, you know, click on comics at mm-hmm. Ryan slash a, or dash, sorry, A.com.
3: Uh, you're way past me. I, I surrender.
1: <laughs> just oh, do a I'm Google. sorry.
3: No, I'll just do a Google yeah. yeah. search. Yeah. Yeah. I will post
1: down. this link up on the website for okay, everybody to check good. out. Good but I highly, highly recommend it because it's – he has several other comics on his site as well. One called Our Bloodstained Roof, um, Nothing is Forgotten. Um One Last Snowfall and he has like um a journal comic. And um I haven't read the other ones, but Sarah and the Seed is just fantastic and I can't recommend it enough. It's beautiful. You
2: know, so yeah. that is my
1: recommendation for the week.
2: Awesome. Mm. I'll say about this. It's you know, you talked about the premise of it and how it seems odd or quirky. And one of the things I like about comic books, and this is a interesting analogy, but it reminds me sort of what theater is. Whereas uh, in theater, you hear a story, okay, there's a musical about a spelling bee. And on the surface, that sounds weird and boring. probably boring. Yeah. But if you see the show, which there's this show called the 25th Annual Count, Putnam County Spelling mm-hmm. Bee, hilarious, smart, clever, you know, you know really emotional and interesting. Um, and that's the thing, it's the same, same way with comics. There, it, it's such a malleable medium that you can do this story... About this woman who gives birth to a seed, and there's a real emotional depth to what's happening, uh, and it can be anything. And this is what I say about Doctor Who as well, which is it's a show that's a science fiction show, but it can be anything because he goes to all these different places, interacts with these different people, and I think there's something
3: just wonderful about that sort of. It's the risk taking idea. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. an indie film, mm-hmm. uh, we can try the craziest thing, who cares? Yeah. 12 people may see this, but, you know, it's my vision. Right. I'll put it out there, and you never know. Yeah. You never know what will happen. Yeah. And it's great to be daring. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, yeah, and, I mean, I can't say enough about this. I, I've, this is actually the second or third time I've read it, and um, I, I anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that the past couple of days I've been reading, like, a shit ton of stuff, but I <laughs> revisited Sarah and the Seed, and I just really wanted to tell you guys about it because it's so great.
0: I... Would like to tell you about something. Well, <laughs> go ahead. I have been uh, thumbing through the womanthology, which is absolutely amazing. One of it's, my it's favorite great. books in my house. And have you ever read by Stacey Ponder RPG, the webcomic?
1: Not yet.
0: It is amazing. And there is a dwarf that says that he will magic people in the face.
1: <laughs> you know what I what? think you should do, Steve? What's that? I think you should do a little write up on a webcomic. Well what if I what
0: if I already have <laughs> Well then I just, will
1: read it. Well
0: you should. <laughs> Blowing your
3: mind uh, right oh now. Oh my it's god. So inner <laughs> <laughs> Seriously your face? though,
0: it's funny. It's like it's it's Dungeons and Dragons Skyrim, but from the perspective of like a girl that's just sitting on her bed writing in a book mm-hmm. and it is funny. So Stacey Ponder RPG, there's a little extra book of the week action for you. Magic
3: in your face. magic. I will magic
1: magic you in in the the face. face. And then we'll talk about (laughs) Battle Pug.
2: Not to
0: mention Resident Evil references. Nice. Yes. Ah.
2: Stephanie, I have a question for you. Uh, Morning Glory's 20 just came out this past week. Good question. Uh, What did you think of it, following up on uh, your Morning Glory hate from a few weeks ago?
1: Um... I still have a few issues with it, with, like, stories going all over the place. But mm-hmm. if anyone, again, follows me on Twitter, you may have noticed that <laughs> artist Joe Aizma. <laughs> Is- it's see, pronounced Isma. Right, <laughs> Uh May have called me out on that a little bit. So um, I I did. I was reading 20 regardless because, you know, I decided that I would keep with it a little bit longer. and Very I, I do, grown up of you. <laughs> I, I do still, again, have a bit of issues, but this issue was really interesting to me because it took us to um, a perspective that hasn't actually really been um, dealt with before, mm-hmm. um, or has, but like very, very briefly. And but this whole issue basically focused on, um, what's her name, Mrs. Hodge? Yeah. Mrs. Hodge. Yes. Um and uh, yeah, I I I really enjoyed that backstory that went with them and Mm -hmm. um it did actually get me more interested in what was going on again um i'm a little confused with um what's his name abraham abraham yeah yeah that that business is like the jacob law stuff and it's confusing the hell out of me but i'm i'm gonna just ignore that for now and kind of try and focus on the story at hand and see where that goes. But yeah. I did enjoy 20 a lot more than I did 19. Oh. There's
0: also, there's been a lot of morning glories lately. Like there's been a few issues released in succession because there was, I think there was a delay for yeah. one of them that mm-hmm. there, it like, I remember... Oh,
1: yeah, there was a delay with, I believe, 16 or 17. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: like feeling like I was waiting, like kind of like whispers where I'm just waiting forever Mm -hmm. for another Morning Glories. And then all of a sudden, like every other week, it was like, oh, Morning Glories, 18,
1: 19, 20. Yeah. Um, I believe there was a delay. It was 16 or 17 because I remember looking up the date one day and it was like that Tuesday or the, that Wednesday. And then all of a sudden it wasn't that Wednesday anymore. Yeah. Um, but, um,
2: yeah, I agree with you, Stephanie about the Abraham stuff. It definitely is confusing. I think
1: it's intentionally confusing. Yes. Yes. You yes. know, it's I think, not, yeah, it's definitely not meant to be like, I, thank you yeah. for clarifying that. I didn't yeah. mean that it was confusing on, you know, Nick wasn't explaining it properly. It right. is meant to be confusing, Yeah, but um, I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, and I believe at some point in time in the future, Maybe we'll get some clarification on a few things in a non-spoilery mm. way with, you know, some people that work on Morning Glories. What? Oh yeah, what? What? Yeah, what, what, what? What? Hopefully, What's this? but that's you know, that's we'll, we'll future. Get that well,
0: that's to a little you. teaser for future. Podcasts. I also I also think that Morning Glories is the kind of thing that if like if people, I mean, obviously people that listen to the show might go seek it out and mm-hmm. turn on. You have to read it from the beginning. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's definitely one of those things where I'm feeling, even at this point, even though I've been following it, mm-hmm. I feel like I have to go back.
1: Yeah. There and are I have some to read yes. it
0: from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. That if, That's
1: where I'm at right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: it's kind of like waiting for the next episode of something each week to come out. Like, mm-hmm. we also we often re- refer to comics as something like that, where yeah. you get it every month, mm-hmm. that it's easy to lose sight of where the comic sure. is heading. That if you go back and you read like let's say from the beginning of that arc in particular, mm-hmm. but you have to remember that like Morning Glories is there's so much nuance. There's so many, there's a big cast, there's so much going on that it's very easy to open up a, an issue and be like, Oh right, okay. So now we're gonna be talking about that and dealing with that. Yeah. And you like you have to rewind your brain yeah. to remember everything mm-hmm. that came before that mm-hmm. particular issue. It's not an easy thing to do. No, it's very much like a television show in that
2: way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it is the book, the book wants to tell a certain story, and it knows the people behind it know, know that if they if they spend time recapping too many things, they don't have the time to tell the story they want to tell. So they're basically saying, "Look, you have to be fully committed if you want to read this book. Right. You have to go back and read their stuff because we're going to reference stuff that happened in issue three and in issue twenty. So you have right. to be able to have that commitment and go back to your book and look and it's not for everybody that's not for everybody but it's an yeah. interesting way of going about it well that's another it's, thing um, oh, oh go ahead sorry. Steph
0: no go ahead
1: well I was just gonna say there's so many things that I'm trying to I mean I was in Prince Edward Island for a year and I didn't have a lot of access to comics for a long time and you know for me I'm catching up on a lot of old stuff that I wanted to read and I'm catching up on all the stuff that's coming out every week you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: regularly and um it's one of those things where I really want to be able to go back and reference things. But at the same time, I want to make time for new things that are coming out. And yeah. it's this fine line between how much time am I going to put into a comic? And you know, like when does it become enjoyable or chore?
2: Yeah, absolutely. A- absolutely. You're absolutely right. What I will say about morning glory is regardless of quality of the book, what you think about it, it's like 40 pages long. Like the the, mm-hmm. the book is really long. They give you a lot for the mm-hmm. two ninety nine that the book costs.
1: And Regardless of how I feel about Nick's, uh, you know, the story and where Mm. it goes, uh, Joe's art on it is absolutely fantastic. And, Mm. I mean, I totally get that this book, I mean, Lost was a really big deal and Mm. it's very similar. And I get that 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 has a lot of appeal to people and and it's not always for everybody. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know. I'm going to stick with it for a little bit because I think I might like where this arc is going. Absolutely. Well,
3: you need to sometimes see that there's an end game, even if you don't want to see where it is ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But just the exactly. idea of I get a feeling of a closure before yeah. it's even there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, Bob, Book of the Week, you're closing us out here.
3: I didn't do that already? No, you didn't do that oh, yet. Okay, well, anyway, um, I will just briefly say that there's a new limited series called The Infernal Man Thing. hmm which is a story that Steve Gerber, who was the one of the writers, Baron, the creator of Howard the Duck, if we go back far enough, was going to tell 25 years ago and couldn't get it finished because it's all painted artwork and never got finished. He left Marvel. He's gone now. And they've decided to go back on this. So I may wait another issue and write a nice piece about this because mm-hmm. it's a really twisted, bizarre, weird book with the usual Gerber media references and strangeness. But. The book of the week is World's Finest Number 3. Okay. Which, considering how badly that Superman, Batman, Huntress, Power Girl thing was last week that I was vomiting. The the old one you talked about? Yes, when I I was vomiting when I left. (laughs) Um, This is, again, it's Paul Levitz who understands this. It's George Perez, Kevin Maguire. We are given two characters with no history when they've showed up here from Earth 2 and they're on our Earth. Mm -hmm. And we're getting it in little dribs and drabs they are charming wonderful individual people mm-hmm. reflecting on their problems how they'll move forward we've got some neat action sequences but it's humanity they're mm-hmm. p- the pages of them standing around talking to each other oh yeah they're great are are just incredible yeah
2: i love helena like i love yes. her she's one of my favorite characters right now i, I she's just well cuz she's Batman, but a girl in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, much more than um, Batgirl is. Yes. You know, much different character. I mean, hell, no, obviously some other stuff going
3: on, uh, but as we've discovered, she was Robin. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. There's just some, and I, I'm a big fan of Robin in general. The Robins, mm-hmm. I really like, so I, I'm really enjoying her character in, in a yep. lot of ways.
3: And the, apparently, based on the trade ad near the back of here, uh, issue zero will be. Supergirl Robin. Yeah. Which I just can't wait to see. Me me neither.
2: It's a great book. The I love the snappy dialogue, I love the humor in it. I love that they feel like they're best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they they rag on each other, um but they support each other. I love the kind of Godzilla thing that happens yes, at the end it shows of the book. Up, yeah. Yeah,
3: Mr. Yeah. Mr. Tokyo whatever. Yeah. And we, we get oh you're you're invulnerable to radiation. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I'll be, yeah. It's just uh, very quickly become I don't read that many DCs anymore, mm-hmm. and I was really prepared to hate this. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I love this book. This is my favorite, one of my favorite books. This is the this was the bottom read in my pile this week.
2: So that's the best for you.
3: That's the best for me. That the book I read last is the one where a, a real glass of wine gets poured, and not just like <laughs> I make an egg cream and sit around with some funny books. This right. is no. I'm going to sit and put some music on and read mm. world's finest. Steve, did you? I you know the I want. I said yesterday
0: that I would read them back to back. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to them because I was reading Earth One and yeah. and and whatnot. Um, I did not, but I am. I'm very excited. And actually, the cover for World's Finest was my pick for uh, favorite comic book cover of the week. There's something truly heroic about the cover between Huntress. Uh, you know, off the mm. building, Power Girl. Catching this falling uh spacecraft or or whatever yeah. it might be. I don't know because I haven't read it. Right. Uh, yeah. But um, the look
3: on Huntress's face of yeah, right. concern for a friend, mm-hmm. subtle little mm-hmm. details. And yeah. the book, the writing itself is filled with those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little there detail. weren't,
0: I gotta be honest, like you know, a little insider for talking comics. I was not impressed by this week's covers. There wasn't like a of covers, no. it was really mm-hmm. hard to pick this week's stuff but this one was the obvious choice for number one. Mm -hmm. Every other one was kind of like, yeah, I guess this was the only one that I was like, wow. I'm like, if I was catching a burning, uh,
3: jet, that's I, I, that's in front of a cityscape. Where I, I believe this is a, awesome. This is a Perez cover. I do believe. I'm, a, I'm assuming taking yeah. taking away the yes, obnoxious
0: amount of uh, words. There's a lot that of words on the cover of it. If yeah. you took if you took those <laughs> off and you made this into a poster, mm-hmm. it would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
3: Well, we have to have a Dark Knight Rises. No one knows this movie's coming yeah, out apparently, DC So we have, have to take dark- our, I had no the idea
0: cover. up until yeah, until this morning. Dark- I, I didn't know. I didn't know. The no, I saw, going until out. I saw it on my comic cover, I have no idea. <laughs> Absolutely, I didn't know that we were running a uh, get your tickets on
1: TalkingComics.com. Yeah. <laughs> I <com>, know, <com>, <laughs> I know, I know. Get with the program, um, yeah. Steve. Yeah, God, God
0: Steve. Look, I've, I'm so busy. I know, I'm so busy. I'm I don't reading. know that the most anticipated movie of the year is to be coming fair, out. It
1: did really sneak up on look, me and probably everyone else. I have so. a
0: hard life of reading comics all the time. <laughs>
1: it's wow, I wow. had to fit it in
2: somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So that's it for our Book of the Week segment. Um, we're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back to review The Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever
0: a spider can. Spins a web, any size, you see? just like flies,
2: look out. Here comes the Spider-Man. is All right. We are back. And we're here. All saw The Amazing Spider-Man. It yes. happened. It, uh It did. Yes. Uh So The Amazing Spider-Man, Mark Webb's uh reboot of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man franchise uh, starring Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Rice Iffins. Uh, rice? Reese. Reese? Reese? Reese. Reese. Whatever. Reese. What Iffons. Mandias. Uh, <laughs> I've already got Uncle Ben. We don't need any more Wait, Rice what? in Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. uh, Martin Sheen, Sally Field. Um you
0: like me you really like
2: me yes. i
1: never thought i'd be correcting you on anything by the way
2: i know that's a hard name let's be fair no reese Iffins is a hard name rice so what rice <laughs> is r-i-c-e yeah reese is also R-E-E-C. Reese is
3: not generally r-h-y-s i, R-H-Y-S. I know but that's Y-S. what i'm saying does that say reese to you <laughs> it does yep yep that's <laughs> not on the candy bar yeah.
2: xenophilius love good spells
1: that in canada that's what it is. yeah
2: <laughs> um. So this is the retelling of Spider Man's origin. Um, we substitute, you know, in the Sam Raimi movies, we start out with uh, Mary Jane Watson. We start out with Gwen Stacy here, which is the more accurate to the origin of closer to the beginning. Yeah, of Spider Man, um, and it just tells him becoming Spider Man and his first foray into. You know, fighting a supervillain, played by Reese Iffens. There you go. Who is uh, Dr. Kurt Connors, uh, the lizard. Um, just so you guys know, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie yet, first ten minutes or so, we're going to do no spoilers. We're going to do general impressions of the movie. Then after that, we'll do some spoilers. Uh, and we'll, but we'll let you know before we talk about any spoilers um, when that happens. Uh, so let's just start out with general impressions of the movie. Um, Bob, why don't you start out? Because I have no idea what you think of it. Okay. It's...
3: More good than bad. Okay. Um, The Raimi Spider-Man movie, its as far back as it was now, we're looking 10 years back. 10
2: years back, exactly 10 years, um, yeah.
3: Was a very impressive, coming out of, the X-Men movies were good, but this Mm. was a a really wonderful, Mm. great attempt at Spider-Man, his origin, a good cast. Mm. It really worked. This is... Really good. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it's as groundbreaking but, in the sense that Raimi's Spider-Man coming from nothing
2: right. to that. But again, that is a criticism of the time in which the movie's made and True. the studio making des- studio decision to make this movie. That's not really right. a criticism yeah. of the actual now,
3: movie. My criticism of the movie, which more specific, it may come yeah. after the cut. Okay. Um, that makes sense There are There are really Really great moments To mm-hmm. me this is uh, I have a pro and con Scorecard over okay. here It is more <laughs> He does I do I do It's right here I'm my, my, One of my official Can you hear <laughs> oh, my Index Bob. cards um, it, It's a three star movie Okay Out of what four Three out of four Okay So it is still a Very wow. good movie The performances Are incredible mm-hmm. Um, the story drags a little here and there because we're seeing things we've seen before. Mm-hmm. But taken of it of its own on its own accord, here really well done. The beats are where they're supposed to be. We've got people who seem like high school kids, mm-hmm. despite them being twenty eight years old. Right, <laughs> right. In, right, in, yes, in the right case of Andrew Garfield, but he's he's got the awkwardness we all had at seventeen. Mm. And, and Stephanie, you, you can only attest to this from the other side of the conversation. He is every 17-year-old boy who's ever tried to ask the pretty girl <laughs> at school for a date. It's that stuttering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you get a smile back, you, the smile you have in return is so mm-hmm. amazing.
1: Especially when it's Emma Stone. Yeah,
3: so, how many Peter that Parkers helps
0: have you broken, Stephanie? <laughs> there we go. There
3: we go. Um, things... Peter Parker, finally seeming like Peter Parker, Mm -hmm. super genius, Mm -hmm. science nerdy kid, really great. I loved Flash Thompson. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, they did a really good job of Flash. Yeah, Yeah.
3: Because in the books, early on anyway, he was Spider-Man's biggest fan. Mm -hmm. Hated Peter Parker to death, but loved Spider-Man, which was the whole Lois Superman-Clark thing, played out in, in a high school. Thumbs up. It's a thumbs up for me. Okay. Uh, Stephanie, what about you?
1: Um, I was pretty excited for it, and I, I'm mostly pretty happy with how it went. To me, um, Mark Webb did what um, Joss Whedon did for the Avengers. Like he did this for Spider Man. Um, I just feel like it was a bit too soon for, like what Bob said, as far as like a lot of the similar plot points. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt like we just seen a lot of this and I think this is a way better adaptation of it Um, but I don't know it's not a great movie but again these are some things that I was like tweeting last night but like it's not a great movie but it's a great Spider-Man movie okay okay Um, I liked everyone's casting choices Mm -hmm. Um, I took a lot of issue though with a lot of the blatant um, product placement who the fuck oh. uses Bing?
3: Um, I do.
1: No one. <laughs>
0: there you go. Bob does. When was there a Bing? I don't even remember. Oh, there was when he was
1: searching, when I guess. Searching,
3: I guess, yeah.
2: But and Stephanie, then, like, I mean, that's just what th- that's nothing. Like they, that, they, they
3: did no, that in but another I superhero. But I mean, it movie. It wasn't just that.
1: Like that's just like the most prominent example, but like also there was just a lot of really blatant um just shots on, oh, Sony, Vio, HP. And then it was like this lingering shot on the American flag. Well, the, but, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. The American flag like, is not product placement. She's that's Canadian. <laughs> just, you know, superhero fun, and you're just like, all right, well. If
0: there was
3: that, a polar bear, American she flag. Have any It problem. was like
2: a two-second shot of the American flag. No,
1: I don't even remember that a
2: shot of the patriotism. There's. I saw it because there's... That shit in every Spider Man movie they do like the American flag thing in every Spider Man movie, but well, it was like in a firehouse or something when people were like running out of the firehouse, and the shot lasted maybe a second longer, like on the flag. No, he wasn't going to the bathroom. It was during it's, the action. Scenes. I mean,
1: it's not like a big deal, but I'm just saying these are little things. Like it's sure. not like a big deal. They're just little things that added up to make it a little less enjoyable. For right. me. But sure. I did enjoy the movie for the most part overall.
2: I will say the product placement thing and the American flag thing. I think are you bringing. Things to the movie? Because
1: no, I, did, I not didn't even. notice. Like it just—I didn't it, it notice one of the made product placements. roll my eyes. Like, I—I I didn't go with anybody. I, it was my own date. Hey, Steph. stop, <laughs> so, And you know, like it wasn't like somebody was like, "Oh, the American flag." Like I'm sitting there watching America. it, and it was just like, "Oh, please." Like, did that <laughs> she need to be us. there? No, she, no she <laughs> It was just little things that added up to me that made it just kind of, you know, rah rah rah.
2: Okay, there was one shot of an American flag in the entire movie.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying. But you, way, loved, wait, you loved
2: Captain America. Yeah. Little things. <laughs> but uh, but uh, one shot of an American flag of a movie produced in America about an American superhero written by an American. So, uh,
3: taking place in an American city. Taking place
0: city. in an American city. So, one of the most famous American cities.
3: Yes. Well, Get over yourself. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, but liked it
2: overall. Yes, we'll liked go it overall. With that. Uh okay. Steve, you. What about
0: me? What did you think about the movie? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um I honestly I loved it. Um love well, loved is a very strong word. That's what you said after we saw the movie. You said you loved it. I did. That's fine. <laughs> you don't <laughs> have to it. apologize
2: for loving the movie. Yeah.
0: I you know what my, my thing is, I was talking to a, a friend of mine, I was talking to my friend Logan earlier, and I I don't like Toby Maguire. I don't like Tobey Maguire. I uh I don't like Mary Jane Watson in the in the Sam Raimi films and as much as I remember like you you mentioned when we left like that you like when you left Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. you were pumped. Yeah. Mm. And I I felt pumped at the end of this one. Mm-hmm. Um not spoiling anything but like you know it was kind of going out a little dour and then Mm -hmm. they had like a, like a nod ending Mm -hmm. and the nod was enough for me to feel good about the ending. Mm -hmm. But, um, no, I really, I really enjoyed it. I, the cast was absolutely, uh, wonderful. I have a a slight little gripes with the lizard. We'll get to that Mm -hmm. when we get to more spoiler territory, but, um, I mean, overall, it's something like I keep mentioning. I want to take my mom to go and see it mm. because she doesn't understand what we do on the show <laughs> and the website. Like, she's happy for me and shit, but she doesn't get it. Mm. I think if I took her to Spider Man, it was like, look, you you see what this is? Like, this is the kind of territory that we're dealing with that we talk on the show. That's why mm. you know this is what we do. Um, but let's all as, go together. Yeah, we should. No, you can come yeah, with me. Yeah. My mom we'll, loves we'll, you, Bob. She's, <laughs> we'll, you're great. No,
3: we'll, we'll sit there and we'll we'll review while she's <laughs> yeah, watching. <they> commentate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I don't want to jump the gun. I want to see it again. I don't want to jump the gun and say that I like it better than the Raimi films, but I certainly identify with it more. Mm -hmm. The events that happened in this movie, the consequences of those events and character moments that happened in this movie, I felt so much more for than anything in the Sam Raimi films. Every time that Tobey Maguire cried or Uncle Ben's inevitable death, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, just a part of the movie. I know the story. That's it. Whatever. But when I watched this, I was like, ouch. You know, like, that... Martin Sheen's portrayal of Uncle Ben (laughs) Mm -hmm. was so much more powerful to me than the kind of, like, you know hokey grandpa gives the, you know, words of advice and, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and I'm going to say it because it's, you know, part of the Superman universe, uh, Spider-Man? Spider-Man, I was getting there, Don't make Shut fun up. of that line, don't what? make fun of that line. No, I'm not making uh, fun of it. Because I'm,
3: all okay. plots. I'm
0: not making fun of it, I'm just saying, like, it. you know, I loved the, the tough love approach mm-hmm. that uncle ben and again this is not spoilers but he was like he was hard on on peter yeah. he was calling him out mm-hmm. he got
3: a lot more screen time to yeah be he fair. was
0: like listen he's yeah. like you know you gotta you gotta man up you gotta walk in there and you gotta mm-hmm. you know you gotta mm-hmm. take care of it and i appreciated that mm-hmm. so when you know he gets his i was like well fuck i'm like i really i felt bad mm-hmm. um so I think on an emotional level I think like the Raimi films are a much more um like old school Spider-Man approach which also you know 10 years ago so it mm-hmm. was you know the thing to do. Yeah. Um there's so much more that I disliked about the Raimi films as a whole mm-hmm. that I I don't have the gripes that I have with the new film. Are stuff that I could easily get over, mm-hmm. or could be explained to me, and I won't have a problem with them. Mm-hmm. You know, several minutes later. Um, but I thought I, I had a lot of fun with it, and the fact that I want to go and see it again tells me that that I really did like it. Right.
2: Um, so for me, Spider Man is my favorite comic book character. So I, I had a weird spot going to this movie because I was excited about them, but much like you know, you mentioned and Stephanie mentioned, it's very close to when the other movies mm-hmm. came out. So. Well, I don't think that's a valid criticism of the movie. My excitement for the movie wasn't as, oh my God, I need to see it right away, now, 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 because of that. And because Spider-Man 3 leaves a bad taste in your mouth.
3: I just tried to rewatch it. It still leaves a bad taste in my mouth.
2: But um, I will say, walking out of uh, the amazing Spider-Man right now, I think, is my second favorite Spider-Man movie. I I still like Spider-Man 2 more. And that might be because of placement, because of freshness, because of whatever. When I walked out of Spider-Man 2, like Steve had said, I had this oh, hell yeah feeling. Um, I think it's a better origin story than Spider-Man, the the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I think it does stuff better. Obviously, just by factor that it's 10 years later, it looks better. Um, I, I feel like very much Sam Raimi Spider-Man 1 is very much the Richard Donner you know, mold of superhero movie. It's very Mm -hmm. much in that tradition of the first Superman movie. And it's big, bright colors, all this other stuff, you know. I feel like Mark Webb's Manhattan feels more like Manhattan to me in a lot of ways, you know. Um, And I feel like this is slightly less hokey while still being goofy at times. It's not, it's not Batman Begins, you know, but it's not incredibly goofy either. Uh, I think Andrew Garfield is a better Peter Parker and a better Spider-Man yeah. than Tobey Maguire. And I like Tobey Maguire, but it's better. Um, you know, Emma Stone blows uh, Kirsten Dunst's performance it's the
3: major plus. Yeah. Yeah.
2: out of the water. Th- they're the soul of the movie. And I could have watched a movie about Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy falling in love without the Spider-Man stuff, and I Absolutely. think it would have been a really good movie. <laughs> that scene in between them in the hallway, that awkward yes. scene you're talking about, It just feels so organically real to me. I I feel like I'm watching two people who really care about each other, that that spark of feeling between two people. Um,
1: Well, that could be their off-screen chemistry as well, too, since they are actually a couple. So I think that helps a lot, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're such good actors. Both of them are such good actors Mm
1: -hmm.
2: that that's what brings it a cut above. Look, I like Tobey Maguire. I think in other movies, I think in Spider-Man movies, he's good. I just—he's just not the Spider-Man I wanted, you know. That's not who I wanted. And I think Carson Dunst has been good in other things. I don't think she's particularly good in the Spider-Man movies. But I think that's also because she was re- relegated to damsel in distress most of the time in those movies. And,
3: and not playing Mary Jane Watson. No, she's not the, the, the Mary Jane of the comics. This bright, vivacious, yeah, charming person yeah. you'd want to fall in love with. She's. Pretty whiny. Yeah, she is very whiny. second and third yeah. completely. Second, she's redeemed by the ending. Yeah. I won't go too far in case yeah. no one's seen Spider-Man 2, I can't imagine. <laughs> Three, I, I wanted to throw popcorn at the screen. Yeah. You know that Peter will do the right thing. That's yeah. who he is. Mm-hmm. And you're going to rag on him for the whole movie because he wants to go save burning children in a building. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think, again, like when we were talking about the preview to the movie... Um, Emma Stone summed it up really well when they were talking about the roles and Emma said uh, Mary Jane fell in love with Spider-Man whereas Gwen Stacy fell in love with Peter Parker.
2: That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's that's great. And she is fantastic. You know, th- They have great chemistry together. She never feels like she's not an agent of her own life. She's
3: a mm-hmm. smart, tough yeah. lady.
2: Um, I, I think that the cast all around is great. I think that Dennis Leary... It, it, yeah, is him a lot. really good as Captain Stacy you know he's a different Captain Stacy than is in the comic books in some ways um, but still the same kind of underlying ethos about the character well we've taken
3: everyone but a little younger Uncle Ben and Aunt May are yeah. younger so Captain he, Stacy should okay. be too go ahead no go ahead. Oh, go, go Steph. Um,
1: he pretty well displays plays his character in Rescue Me. He
3: does. Yeah, he absolutely does.
2: <laughs> but he does it <laughs> really, is really well. Which fantastic. Like, yeah. I love him in Rescue yeah. Me. But, yeah. well, that that I mean, dinner table pretty scene. well
1: probably – they probably were like, we want this guy. We want Tommy Gavin. And then they were like, well, let's make him, you know, Gavin <laughs> yeah. Stacey.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that Martin Sheen – I mean, it's a little ridiculous to be like, oh, Martin Sheen and Sally Field were really good. Of course they were really yeah, good. Right. You know, they're Martin Sheen and Sally Field. Um, I like the underlying notions of how much does Aunt May know and how much doesn't she know. In in, in the movie, Um, I absolutely agree with Steve about the way that Uncle Ben's kind of fathering is. You know, he's given more screen time, like you said, Bob, and I think he executes it really, really well. Cliff Robertson is a great actor, and I think that he does very well as Uncle Ben in that
3: first movie. He's got two scenes, basically.
2: Yeah, but here I feel like they really kind of emphasize that stuff a little bit more. I feel like it does hit a lot of the same beats as the first Sam Raimi movie, but I feel like it changes up those things enough. It it kind of tweaks the origin. Not really. It tweaks details of the origin, but not really the meaning behind the origin, you know? There's still the moment where Peter has a chance to stop the person who kills Uncle Ben and doesn't, just like in every other Spider Man story. That's what's
3: important. Exactly.
2: It doesn't matter. Whether he's at a
3: wrestling arena or a deli, it doesn't matter.
2: Exactly. And I I think they do that very, very well. Um, There's not a lot of action in this movie, um, but the action that's there, I think, is done well.
3: Oh, but I agree with you. I would have paid to see an hour and a half of them. Yeah, exactly. Just, just Gwen and Peter.
1: <laughs> yeah. The little girl behind me would not agree. <laughs> After oh. the movie, she went, Mommy, this movie was gross. <laughs> and Mommy goes, What, what do you mean? Why, why was it gross? And she goes, There was so much kissing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Spoilers! Charming. There's kissing, guys. Kissing. There is kissing. But there's no upside-down kissing. So there is like.
2: no upside-down kissing. Uh-huh. Um... I, I think that, um, you know, it hits beats that the other Spider Man movies sit in the way that, you know, Peter's mentor of sorts becomes a bad guy and he's trying to convince him not to be a bad guy. That seems to be a theme in Spider Man in general. Uh, but I feel like uh, Reese Iffens does a good job, especially as Dr. Uh, Kurt Connors. I feel like those scenes really work. And what I like most about the movie. Other than the fact that, wait, Spider-Man moves like Spider-Man. He's flipping, and and that stuff looks great. Um, What I love about the movie is that unlike a lot of modern comic book adaptations, it's patient. There is a huge, one of the most famous story beats in Spider-Man history exists with Gwen Stacy. They could have rushed and done that in this movie, but they're not. They're going to wait and do it later when it's really gonna have a huge impact. Mm -hmm. That's patient storytelling. The Daily Bugle is established in this movie, but we don't see J. Jonah Jameson. You know, they're saving that for later. Um, you know, Norman Osborne is established as a person in this universe. Not there yet. You know, he's not in the movie yet. They don't quick rush to the Green Goblin story. Um, you know, Flash Thompson, who becomes a character who. Flash Thompson is Venom right now in the comic books. They set up a dynamic enough character there that that guy could be that later on if they
3: do this whole Spider-Man right. universe thing, which they seem to be wanting to do. Right. And so then that switch becomes so much greater Yeah, when you go to that.
2: Exactly. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And I-, I feel like it had fresh enough moments where I got excited about it um and I, I said there and there were some moments bobby you said right that it drags a little bit and for me it didn't drag but there were moments where i was like okay this is gonna happen then this is gonna happen kind of like when i was reading batman year one i was like okay this yeah. is gonna happen i got we have to get through this part and then i will see more interesting stuff but i liked his attitude a lot more mm. i liked his humor a lot yes. more um so i was overall very very positive um, on the movie. Um, and let's say before we get into spoilers, I just want to, Stephanie, do you want to chime back in? What did you think of Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone though? You didn't really get to that part.
1: Um, I loved them. I thought they were actually perfectly cast. I'm not, I I like Kirsten Dunst. I didn't like her in the role, like in the Spider-Man movies prior to this. Um, nor did I really appreciate Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man three. I think she's a good Gwen Stacy, but Mm. Emma Stone just like knocks it out of the park.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: she had the look but Emma Stone embodies Gwen Stacy to me mm-hmm. and the same thing goes for Andrew Garfield and Peter Parker um he just he just got it mm-hmm. um i liked how they just again their chemistry was perfect i i mean a lot of couples wind up together because of working together in movies mm-hmm. and um this is one of those times where it really, really paid off Mm -hmm. that they had that chemistry because their moments were real. When they're sitting together looking into each other's eyes, Mm -hmm. like you can tell that they feel something for each other, like for real. Mm -hmm. And it's not just them acting, even though, again, like you guys said, they are both exceptionally talented young actors Mm -hmm. that, you know, if they keep up the momentum that they're at now – are going to be really big deals, like, or continue to be really big mm-hmm. deals throughout mm-hmm. their careers. So, yeah, I think that they were perfectly cast. I think everybody, Reese Siffins did a fantastic job. I was a little bit disappointed with how um, the lizard came out.
0: Yeah, we're going to get to that. Like
1: desi- design-wise, yeah, no, like design-wise, I mean,
2: you yeah. mean, or like the way the character came out.
1: No, I, I have no problems with both Reese Reese's portrayal mm-hmm. of it. Um, but I I don't know. I'll leave it at, you know, Emma and Andrew were pitch perfect to me. Mm
2: -hmm. Hey, yeah, absolutely. I, I I totally agree. Um, and there's a a couple of really great scenes where I just, I like the way that, uh, Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker develops over the movie because in this movie, yes, Uncle Ben has a giant influence on what he's doing and why he does what he does. But there's also that dinner conversation you talked about with Captain Stacy, which also reorients him even further to becoming mm-hmm. the hero that Spider-Man eventually becomes. And, you know, it felt deep to me. And you know, we talk about we talked about Captain America before, and how I feel like Captain America had probably the best and most real feeling love story of any of the superhero movies. I think this trumps it in in a lot of yes. ways, you know. And also because. Spider Man's much more about that. It's much more about Peter Parker's life, you know, m- more than it's about Steve Rogers' life in Captain mm-hmm. America. So there's more to that, but, you know, y- you take a director like Mark Webb, who one thing he's directed before is an indie romantic comedy, and that's what it feels like there is inside of this big action movie. I feel like there is a romantic independent comedy. Inside of this, you know, big action movie, Five Hundred
1: Days of Summer, the superhero movie. Yeah, <laughs> now
3: is Five Hundred Days. Some, I haven't seen. You should. So, I think you would enjoy it's it. It's so great. Yeah, okay, I think you would enjoy it. Um, Thing to do tomorrow.
1: <laughs> but uh, like, uh, Emma Stone recently did an interview too, where she said, um, "Gwen," she took the role of Gwen Stacy because she has such a definitive end to the Spider-Man mm-hmm. storyline. Yeah. Like, she took up the role knowing that, you know, at one point in time, that's going to come to a very, very, very firm end. Mm -hmm. And that was what made the character so interesting to her, is that you're building up this incredible love story that's, you know, very just, like, romantic. And, Mm. I mean, it's just one of those things in the comic book world where you're like, oh, Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy. And it's all... I mean, everybody who knows anything about Spider-Man knows it's gonna mm-hmm. end. Yeah, and it's so tragic to see this like start of this beautiful mm-hmm. relationship t- and to know where it's all gonna lead to. Right.
3: Absolutely. Unless they change their mind,
1: which they won't. I, I, I'm pretty to. sure. Again, going back to Emma Stone, like she signed on specifically mm-hmm. because that was the end game.
2: Yeah. So, so there won't change that. Yeah. Which is funny because back when we did Fanboy Remix. There yes. was this rumor that Emma Stone getting cast in Spider-Man. And, of course, we said that and talked about it before the casting came out. We said, oh, it's awesome. They're picking a Spunky Redhead to play Mary Jane. That's perfect. And yeah. then they announced that it was Gwen Stacy. And we're all like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, looking at it now, it was, it's perfect casting.
1: And she's actually a natural blonde. I know, which is she crazy. She
0: looked Amazing. <laughs> as Gwen Stacy for <laughs> like the record. She's just so cute. She is cute. <laughs> she is. Um and she's so funny. She's so funny. naturally funny.
2: Yeah. So much personality. There's just so much going on, you know. I will
1: watch her on like as a total, just Emma Stone sidebar. I will watch her on any like late night show or any talk show because she's just hilarious. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you happen to see her on the Ellen show? Ellen,
1: where she was dance, yes. <laughs> dancing. Yes. <laughs> dancing up behind people. Shit,
0: I laughed yeah. my ass off. She <laughs> does the, these, these, like, these like dance, like, dance- pranking dance-
1: people, and yeah. it's. Pretty well the she goes up behind people and she starts dancing
0: behind them, like doing all these funky moves <laughs> and stuff, and they filmed it. It was hilarious. And they
1: don't know, yeah. yeah. If you guys love her or only kind of like her, watch <laughs> it, and you will like be like head over heels for Emma Stone. Yes, I'm ready to go like lesbian for her. So <laughs> you know,
2: I mean, if you don't like Emma Stone and you've seen Easy A, I don't know how that's possible. Uh.
1: I know she's just the greatest. Yeah, spell it out in your peas. <laughs> Accept that
2: challenge. <laughs> So, yeah, so I think that, I mean, I'm definitely a, a big thumbs up, Bob's mm-hmm. a thumbs up, Steve's a thumbs up, and Steven, you're yep.
0: also a thumbs up with some
1: reservations, yes. right? General, like, I, again, I had really minor things with it, but I really liked it.
0: I have minor things too, but we don't, we're not doing spoilers yet. We're about, yeah. we're about to get into that, into that area. Okay. Right, well, then I'll get minor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So
2: for the next couple minutes, we're going to talk spoilers for The Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. so you haven't seen it and you care about being spoiled on the movie. Um, so, you should stop listening now. Uh, and uh, I'll mark off in the post where we come back from talking about spoilers so that you guys can jump back on for the rest of the show. All right. So, from now on, spoilers about the amazing Spider Man.
3: Go for the lizard thing before yeah. I do. Okay. Lizard.
0: First of all, um, I thought uh, I want to say something positive before I say something kind of sort of negative. Love the way that he moved. Mm-hmm. The. The fact that they paid it and this is what confuses me. The fact that they paid attention so much to the idea that he moves like a lizard, particularly in the Williamsburg Bridge sequence where he's going out, he's searching throughout the cars Mm -hmm. when he's done doing what he's doing on the bridge and he kind of like slinks away the way that he crawled away over the cars and underneath the bridge to disappear was on all fours completely the way that any lizard mm-hmm. would crawl underneath something. Um, again, I loved the way that he moved. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the design for him, um, he kind of looked like one of the Goombas from Super Mario Brothers, the movie. <laughs> um, I under again I understand why they did that. I under I I've watched enough movies. I know enough about Hollywood. I haven't been watching a lot of movies lately, but <laughs> I understand that when you build a character like that, you need to make him humanistic. You have to have him look like a human. You have to have him talk because if he doesn't talk, then people, 60% of the audience isn't going to relate to him like you have all your fanboy audience mm. and then you have everyone else you're trying to get everybody's dollar mm. so you're going to make the character relatable to as many people as possible and that's my next gripe is that even though the lizard has spoken in the comics he doesn't really he speaks but it's a like a dark and sinister the 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 lizard formula not only changes him physically But it affects him mentally, Mm -hmm. and that is the one thing about the lizard that I realized over the last few days that the movie did not have until the even after the credits that there was no. It's almost like a dual personality thing. Mm -hmm. That when the lizard is talking, yeah, Yeah. it's yeah, it's exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing where when the lizard speaks, it's not Kurt Connors, it's the lizard. It's this thing that's been awakened in him. And it's sinister and it's nasty <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I know. And <laughs> like when he's talking to him, I just, I felt like certain moments where they were like big lizard moments, that especially the scene in the high school uh, lab mm-hmm. where he's like holding him up and he's talking mm-hmm. to him yeah. and stuff like that. And that's when you get like the big close up of all the work that they did to make the lizard look good. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as making him look like a human, they did do a good job. Mm-hmm. I love special effects. They did a great job. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I felt like there was a little bit too much Kurt Connors, like angry Kurt yeah. Connors, versus there being an actual an other personality mm-hmm. that has infected him, not only physically, but mentally as well. That going all the way to the end of the movie, that if you stayed after a few minutes of the credits, you get to see that extra scene we it, it turned out to be somebody talking in the room. Maybe we can get to that a little bit later. We'll get to that scene later. Yeah. Right, yeah. but that voice that was talking to him within the room... That's the lizard voice. That's the lizard voice. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is the dual personality. That is him talking to himself as the lizard and not having control over himself anymore. I would have liked to have seen that in the included in the movie... And a snout. I was just
3: going to say, I want, a, I want a Komodo dragon I, with a lab coat. Like,
0: I, like, again, I understand why they didn't do it. I get it. But if you're gonna, if you're, we're past the point of, being, of, of wanting to just appease the masses. And we're doing, like Avengers, we're doing real comic book movies now. Take the risk. Make it a creature. Don't make it a guy who turned into something. Make it a creature and have it be what it's supposed to be. Well, what I will argue about that point is that he's still a creature, okay? He still is not, doesn't look like a guy. No. You know?
3: He's a guy in a (laughs) suit. Well, he looked, what
0: is it, psoriasis or whatever the hell that crazy...
2: You know, He looks like a lizard man, okay? He doesn't have a snout, but he looks like a lizard man. Okay, he does look a little more like Killer Croc than he looks like, you know, than the lizard. What I will say about this, and I have no idea, but I'm sure that in initial tests for the movie, they're like, okay, let's do the snout. And like, oh, you know what? When he talks, it looks really weird, or like we couldn't figure it out and we show, you know, we you know I'm sure that they sat down and they were like, oh, this doesn't work. Um Do I would I prefer he have the snout? Yes. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, love the lizard as a character. Do I wish he had a snout? Yes. Um about the split personalities thing, yeah, that would be nice. I I I think that maybe they were a little bit worried about the whole like. Willem Dafoe talking to himself in the mirror scene from Spider-Man mm-hmm. One, which didn't never came off very well, you know. Um, there's the whole thing with like um, Doc Ock in the second Spider-Man movie, where he's like he, he he can't get control of himself, you know, and those things. So I I think they wanted to give more agency to the uh, the villain in a lot of ways, you know. I think it, to me, while it's not exactly exactly like the comic book, you know, if Lizard he injects himself on purpose to become the Lizard in the movie. You know? Mm-hmm. He knows what's going to happen to him when he injects that thing into him. So to give it this thing where when he becomes lizard, he has no decision about what he does, that would take away some of the, you know, some of the oomph behind the villain to me. In yeah, a lot but of he ways. just
0: thought that he was going to regrow his arm and that was going to The call first it a day. time,
2: but then he does it again when he knows what happens to him.
0: You know? So
2: in that way, in the fiction of the movie, if when he becomes lizard, he has no idea what he's
3: doing, then it becomes less dramatic to me. But you could have then added a beat. Okay, he comes back in the way the Hulk used to, not mm. knowing Bruce Banner didn't know what the Hulk did. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. So you, the second time could be the lizard ascendant.
2: Yeah. I mean, I.
3: Niggling away inside his mm. reptilian cortex deep in his brain, saying, No, you want to do this again, don't you?
2: Right. I get the feeling, you know, that obviously Kirk Connors is doing things when he's the lizard that he wouldn't do as normal Kurt mm-hmm. Connors. I mean, at the end, he saves Peter, you know, when he's turning back into Kurt. He wouldn't have done that when he was Crazy Lizard Man, you know? <laughs> so, I, I don't think Lizard has is, Lizard is done perfectly. But, I, I don't have a major problem
3: with how they did the character. No. To me, it's the one major not trusting the source material moment. Where everything right. else, they were willing to go for Spidey being funny again, mm-hmm. and Peter is a genius, and mm-hmm. web shooters, and the whole thing. And that was the one line that didn't, it didn't seem like they want to cross.
2: Right. Stephanie, what'd you think of the lizard?
1: I... I think it was an interesting choice for a villain. I don't know if I feel like it was the best choice mm-hmm. for the villain. Um I again I liked Reese if ends in the role, but the costume seemed a bit silly. Like it seemed almost um not the costume, I mean it wasn't a
2: costume. The effect. Yeah, I got what you mean.
1: Um, but it almost, the CG to me almost seemed reminiscent of them trying to do one of the Hulk movies. Like, just that real sense of, it's just, I I mean, we've come a really long way, obviously, with CGI and all that. But it still felt very not real and not there. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, I know what you're saying. I, I. I like the characters that don't seem fake on the screen. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's just the threat doesn't seem all that scary when I know it's a computer. Right. Like, attacking Spider-Man. That
2: makes total yeah. sense. I do like they put him in the lab coat, at least for that one yeah. scene.
1: That yeah. Was,
0: that was cool and very reminiscent. Steve, for the record, just while she's talking about villains and whatnot, Mysterio. That's... Okay. That, you're I'm just saying, you're just that's, saying Mysterio? No, that's, <laughs> this, that's the Spider-Man villain that if I got to choose, that's who I want to see in a movie because that's a tangible character that you could do something really crazy with.
2: Yeah, I mean, Mysterio is a very delicate character to work with, though, because in the wrong light, he just is a joke. I mean, yeah, you know, so get a good writer. Um, but the mo- most of the time, he's uh, a joke in the Spider-Man Well, if you mythos. go back
3: far enough, mm-hmm. you know, where the, there's a famous issue, Spider-Man goes mad... Mm-hmm. Where the cover is, everything's upside down, and Spider-Man's crawling across the ceiling, but the room's the other way around, and it's Mysterio just doing Mysterio stuff. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, if you let him play on the mental aspects mm-hmm. of it, and not just, oh, it's special effects. Mm-hmm. No, if Spidey doesn't know, mm-hmm. and he, if it's his first appearance, he wouldn't know that there's someone mm-hmm. who can do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd
2: love to see Mysterio. I mean, I, thought, uh, that would I be think great. Ra- Raimi
3: was going there yeah. for all intents and purposes, but we never got to see that.
2: Um, Craven maybe. Craven will be a, a yeah. very cool idea, A very very cool idea. Um, I mean, they're going to get to the Green Goblin eventually, and I want to see that. I want to see them do the Green Goblin right, because the first movie does not do the Green Goblin. Oh, have right. you
3: seen the makeup for the first? Yeah, one? Yeah, the they, test, the, yeah. yeah, the test. Yeah, the test. They were going to do it right. They just yeah. couldn't. Like get that outfit it. was a joke. It was, yeah. Ugh.
2: Um. So yeah. So the lizard was a gripe, obviously, right. for for you, Steve, and a gripe, I think, for most people seeing the mm. movie.
0: Well, my – I mean, since we're in spoiler territory, Mm -hmm. my gripe with – I mean, you know, of course it's going to come up that the whole, you know, Sam Raimi versus thing. Mm. um, And as far as my liking this newer movie a little bit better than some maybe the Raimi films is that for all – I didn't feel anything when Uncle Ben died in Raimi's film. I just – I knew it was part of the story. It was like I was on cruise control. I didn't feel anything for it. But still knowing that he's going to die in the new one, there was because of the fact that he was like giving the tough love and he was much more. There was much more time with him Mm -hmm. spent that they executed that better. I felt it Mm -hmm. when Uncle Ben Mm -hmm. had died. When I we're spoilers now. When Captain Stacy mm-hmm. gets the the fistful of claw mm-hmm. and and it cu- came out of like I was like, holy shit! <laughs> I a had no idea that was going to happen. Right. And B, I I was like, no, like <laughs> I, I I liked him. Yeah. And because of the good the the wonderful job that Emma Stone did attaching me to her Gwen Stacy character. Even though I wasn't too attached to Captain Stacy because of Gwen, knowing that it's her father, I felt that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, I totally, 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't attached to Tommy Gavin. <laughs> uh, but I was... I, I You could see her love for him. Mm. Like, it really... Like, yeah. they did such a good job with everything that you could see her passion. And, like, he... This was his, like, oldest daughter, and... Yep. Uh. It just, it really was heart-wrenching because she made it heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, I mean, yep. you know, the the moment, it's its a funny thing to focus on, but the moment with um, Peter comes into her room and she doesn't want Captain Stacy to find mm-hmm. out, and she's, like, saying, like, you know, oh, I got cramps. Yeah. yeah. First of all... Don't you want Coco? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a point, the look on his face. Mm-hmm. He has a face on, and then he curls his upper lip <laughs> into some kind <laughs> of <laughs> weird contortion during that scene, I, I didn't crack up out loud in the theater, but internally I was dying. But moments like that, normal moments in having a daughter and, and growing up with them and watching your daughter grow up and being like, not wanting to be a part of that, like, all right, all right, you know, that's for your mom to deal with. That moments like that, as silly as that was, that's something that she's like, I don't know when my dad's going to come home. She told Peter, you know, I don't know if he's coming home or not. And that that connection to her father, that you know, that fatherly, daughterly mm-hmm. love, whatever you want to call it, I connect with that, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it just it had so much more of an impact for me than anything in in the Raimi films mm-hmm. that uh, Norman Osborn or the fact that I was so bored with the Green Goblin thing for three whole movies. Mm-hmm. We had to deal with James Franco and his whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... I, I remember... as I mean, I need to watch the films again, but I remember not really feeling it. And for this movie, I I felt things. Maybe I look at movies a little differently now. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe I'm, mm-hmm. I'm putting more to the test with these mm-hmm. since we're doing the, the show and stuff mm-hmm. that like it matters more that these movies hit. Mm-hmm. But it did. Mm-hmm. And for me it makes it the better the better film.
3: Yeah. So I have a minor quibble mm-hmm. with the Captain Stacy thing. Go ahead. And it's not the actors or the script or anything. It's the compression of it into this one movie. Because Captain Stacy and the Peter thing built over a reasonably long period of time. And Peter occasionally suspected that Captain Stacy knew, but didn't really know. And then it's, Spoiler alert for a comic book from 50 years ago. Uh, <laughs> Captain Stacy saving a little girl gets crushed by a pile of bricks thrown off a building by Dr. Octopus. Spidey shows up and it's, he's laying there in a heap. And it's take care of Gwen. Ah. And Peter didn't know that Captain Stacy knew. Nah. And that handoff of his daughter to Peter... Would have been a much nicer beat than the reverse. It would have been cool if he didn't
0: take the mask off and he didn't know. And at the end, he looked at Spider Man and said, says, Take care of Gwen to let him know that
3: he knew. Peter. Yeah, take care of Gwen, Peter. That would have been cool. Woulda, coulda, I, shoulda. Woulda, coulda shoulda. It's
2: it's shoulda. shoulda. It's still a good moment at the end of the it's movie. Still oh, a good it still moment, is. But the, I other, like just like Bob's the other moment. moment yeah. <laughs> well, well not it's not Bob's mine. Moment. It's Stan yeah. Lee's moment. <laughs> it is <okay>? now.
3: <laughs> it is now. Um, and that's minor because mm. they they still get to some of the same points and their relationship just you say it's that extra tag moment where you think it's done the moment at his doorstep where he's telling her to get lost yeah. basically is incredible. Mm. I mean that brought a tear to my eye. That yeah. is just and the the <laughs> the line that's missing from the movie which would have been nice there somewhere kind of or because it would have played off that with great power comes great responsibility, is not in a Spider-Man movie? Yeah,
2: but here's the thing, and this is one of those things where, I mean, he says he says a version of that line to Peter, you know? Eh. Um, but this was the same thing when you're talking about the Batman Year One thing, where you're like, why doesn't he do the speech? We've seen it already. We've seen it done already. This movie was already fighting against this litany of people who were like, I don't want to see this again. I don't care about this. What well, I have to see him again bit by a spider again. So to have that line would have been cool, but I don't think it has the same effect because it's already been in a movie.
3: Yeah, you know that was ten years well, I ago. S- I say that, but it's such the mantra of Peter Parker.
2: Right. And so and how he's... do you
3: avoid?
2: I mean, but again, Uncle Ben is a version of that line to him. He doesn't say that line to him, but he says a version of it. Mm-hmm.
1: And you don't know that won't come into effect like at yeah. another point in okay. time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But
1: at the same time I do agree with Bobby that it was like it just would have been one of those things where people were like eye roll like yeah. despite the fact that it is like a definitive like Spider-Man thing it just mm-hmm. was just we've heard it before. Yeah. They definitely needed to do something different mm-hmm. while keeping that sort of feeling of Spider-Man otherwise it would have just been one of those films again that nobody was just it, oh okay well we saw that 10 years ago
2: mhm i like the way that they change up the way peter works with his powers and kind of you know uh starts playing with them and stuff mm-hmm. um it, it's a totally mark webb is very was a music video director and and well
1: coldplay plays yeah
2: coldplay the, the which is my it's my favorite coldplay song in the entire world uh, oh, kingdom yeah. come um and Uh, You know, I like that. Like, that's different.
3: You know, I like that they they played around a little bit. Um, It also shows you he is an athletic kid, despite being a science nerd. Yeah. That now, look, Toby's Peter. Yeah. Not so much, and all of a sudden, by saying Shazam Web, all of a sudden he can swing through the sky Mm -hmm. and do all these things. There's a skateboard kid who's sort of used to being in the air. Yeah. And you can see it figures (laughs) out a little at a time, which then leads into... You know, I was doing quibbling. One of the great positive points here is that sort of first person web sling you get because of the advance in technology Mm -hmm. that really puts you in the feeling like I am swinging through the city with Spider Man here.
2: And it's good because it's only like a few seconds at a time. You know, it's not one big, huge, long sequence. It happens in a couple seconds, a couple places. And just it's in the middle of seeing him third person
0: (laughs) swinging through the city. Uh just to point out that last sequence at mm. the very end yeah. when he slingshots himself through the construction yeah. equipment. Wow. Yeah. He in that in those forty-five seconds, mm-hmm. he hits so many iconic spidey poses mm-hmm. yes. that I just every single time that they like slowed down the shot just a little bit mm-hmm. so you can catch that mm-hmm. that position. I was like squealing. I was like, there it is. Yeah. There's the other one. The hands yeah. up in the air yeah. with like, yeah. the foot going yeah. yeah, down. The slow yeah. Slow down against the moon yeah. when yeah. he's doing that whole thing. But yeah. like, even the one with like the one leg out mm-hmm. and like shooting the, the mm-hmm. thing and the other arms up. And I was mm-hmm. just like, that is the Spider Man that I've been reading in the comics in Amazing Spider Man for the past
3: yeah. couple well, months. But it, for whatever it's worth to go way back. He's doing in posing, he's doing the Steve Ditko mm-hmm. angular, really young, teenage Spider Man. And Toby, his body type is different. It's more yeah. the Romita one from years later. He's slightly thicker, slightly mm-hmm. older, not nearly as quirky. Yeah. And those poses he's yeah. adapting. And I love the scene where he's in the sewer
2: and he shoots out all the webs, and it's like a yeah. very yeah. like smart oh, thing that to was do.
1: Perfect.
3: Yeah.
2: Listening to his, his headphones. I love that he has the backpack with yeah. him. All those things are very and it mixes the amazing and the ultimate universe in some ways in that way answering his cell phone when he has his costume on yeah. that's been a very ultimate Spider-Man thing to do but I liked all that stuff very much um, yeah and again we said before we touched on it he's really smart you know he has yeah. these big ideas and he, he loves science and you feel like he knows how to do equations and, and all these things and I, I love that stuff um, I love that he goes to Midtown Science because that's Ridiculous yep. name for a school, but it's the school he goes to in, in the comics. So and we let
3: Gwen be smart too.
2: Yeah, Gwen is very smart. Um, yeah, I, I I dug all of that stuff. Um, and can I go for a not dug thing.
3: Yeah, sure. As some of these movies get to be, there's a little bit too. Am I allowed to say unnecessary? No. Oh, okay, forget it then. <laughs> there's oh. a little bit. There's a little bit too much connectedness. That yeah, I can see that. You know that. He has to. She has to intern for him. They have to go to here, and, yeah. and everyone works for Osborne, and mm. and that everybody has to know who Spider Man is. Well, the, no, only. I mean, that's everybody enough for me. The Gwen, way that she
0: found out was adorable. Yeah, I
3: like. It. I don't disagree, mm-hmm. but so quickly. Secret identity, wear a mask. Except uh, that your girlfriend knows, and if Captain Stacy knows, and the doctor knows. And if I had a girl like Gwen
0: Stacy, and she was walking away from me, and I had to tell her I was Spider-Man to get her back, you bet your ass, I would <laughs> shoot out a web and and grab her towards me. But again,
2: <laughs> Kirk Connors knows in the comic books that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. He
0: eventually, knows, Eventually,
2: not right away, eventually. Right, but this know. is like much. They're not going to tell Spider-Man stories for sixty years. This is a like compressed. It's too bad timeline here. Um. And again, the thing with secret identity, my girlfriend doesn't know, and where am I going, blah, 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 blah. We've seen it before in like a million superhero movies. I don't care about the scene where Gwen is like, Peter, where are you going? And then like later on we find out, oh, she finds out he's Spider-Man. She's so happy and relieved, but also scared, you know? I don't need to see that scene anymore. She's like, I don't need okay. to see the scene where Gwen finds out that her mentor is the lizard and has a freakout scene, where she doesn't believe Peter and then she runs away. Oh. And then like, that scene's not in yeah. this movie. And Brian had mentioned that scene's missing, you know. And I don't need to see that scene anymore. I've seen it a million times. I know how it ends. It ends with right. you being okay. Oh, you believing Peter. That's where the scene ends, you know. And it's just to me, it's okay. like I've seen it before, and that's why it feels refreshing I stand to me. Dan corrected. You're, you're not, not right? corrected. No, no I,
3: no, I think you're right. No, put it in that context. Not corrected. Just no. uh, that's just my opinion. I have very it, strong
2: feelings about that. Enlightened. So. <laughs> um. So. Uh, that's kind of the movie at large I think we all really liked it um, I want to talk quickly about the post credits scene um, or the mid credits scene that we is get there,
3: is there a post credits no, scene there's did not. I leave too soon okay. no no
2: no with uh, Dr. Kirk Connors in the jail cell you see Tashana before someone talks to him and kind of disappears um, there's a lot of hubba about who it is what it is because they're very very cagey about what's going on there people assume it was Norman Osborne at first because that's who they've been talking about um,
0: Chameleon was another possibility. Well, Chameleon,
2: Mysterio, Electro, because there's the lightning that happens. Um, uh, Reese Evans has said it's not Norman Osborn. He says it's someone who works for Norman Osborn. People asked him, is it a character we know that we don't know works for no- Norman Osborn? He said, yes. So you can eliminate Norman from that, mm-hmm. uh, that
0: equation. Uh, to put the chameleon thing to rest, he phased into the room mm-hmm spoke a few words, and then was gone.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't think the chameleon can travel through walls. Right, no, he cannot. (laughs) So it's not him.
2: Yeah, no, he cannot. Um, He could look like somebody else, go into that jail cell and wait for uh, Kurt Connors, but I don't think that's what's going on there. Um, I, I think that, I mean, Mysterio is the most obvious equation there because that ability to kind of it might not be really him. It's some sort of projection of yeah. his or something. I think that makes sense. Um, I would love that. There's also that hint, uh, that rumor about, like, because they're talking about the Venom movie, that's something to do with the symbiote or something. But that doesn't feel like, why would the symbiote care about Peter's father? And also, That, that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense to me. Um, what do you think, Bob?
3: I thought Electro at the time. Yeah, which it could be. But um, Mysterio, now that you're saying it this mm. way, could work. Mm-hmm. Could be. Norman's too obvious. There was no yeah. way that was going to end up being Norman Oz. We're, mm. we're going to see him in a big splashy yeah, show up at the board meeting. Why would he care at yeah. this
2: point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um Stephanie, any ideas?
1: I am not as familiar like with the villains like aside from the really obvious ones. So I don't really know to be honest, um and I don't really know if there's anyone I would particularly like to see. So I mean, you know, it was a cool scene, but other than that I can't really offer up too much more on it.
2: <laughs> All right. Um, so that's our review of The Amazing Spider Man. I think generally positive. Um Absolutely. And I'm excited to see what it what it becomes, like what the Spider Man franchise they're laying out becomes. I would like to see it be more than a trilogy, personally. I'd like yeah, to me see too. Them roll with it. They've announced a definite trilogy at this point. Beyond that, who knows what's gonna happen. Honestly, like I know it's different companies. The smartest thing they can do is let him be in some way in the second Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. How much attention that would bring to that character, you know? I, I just think it makes sense. It, do you it,
0: think th- that the Garfield version of Spider-Man would fit into? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a okay. superhero.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, yeah. he's very street level. So the good thing about Spider-Man is that he's not always part of those bigger events because he's a very like like Daredevil, a very street level character, you know.
3: But still, something could be going on that needs street level attention. Yeah, and and why would Paramount Disney, whatever who's going to distribute, make this thing at this point in the Avengers side? It's good for them. It doesn't mm-hmm. affect them if a Spider-Man movie makes an extra fifty million dollars because you've thrown them into an Avengers movie. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it reflects well on both studios, and mm-hmm. the whole idea of comic book movies in general are uplifted by the idea.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So that's our, uh, like I said, that's our review of The Amazing Spider-Man. We are going to get out of here soon. But before we do that, we got some uh, listener questions and such. Uh Um, Uh (laughs) uh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, nothing nothing difficult to answer um, that I want to read through just really quick once I get my uh, Twitter account up on my phone. Behind the scenes. Do, 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 do,
0: do, 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 do,
2: Oh, before I get to that, we got a lot of cool submissions for the contest, the Batman villain contest.
0: Yeah, we did. Contest.
2: Um, we're going to give that out next week. We're going to read those Aww. out. Um, some really good ones. We're running, a, we're running pretty long, okay. long on time right here. Okay. Um, but trust me, we got them, and you guys are in the running, and we're going to read them out. You guys put so much work into them, it's really kind of humbling how much work got put in to these, um, these little, these, this one question we asked people to do on the podcast last week. Um, For it's a big, an pri- it's a big yeah. prize, so it's a good prize. It yeah, is but a good still, prize. You, when we read out some of these things, it's crazy how much work got put into them. All right, so first of all, easy one. Um, at Webhead Hero on Twitter. Wants to know, okay, who did your podcast song? I seriously jam out to that every time I listen to your podcast. <laughs> um so do we. Yeah. That is uh JC Tracy, who uh TeamsplashPro.com. He is awesome, really talented guy. He did the theme songs for Fanboy Remix and for Doctor Who Cast and for the Man Cave podcast that you know, all the podcasts I've ever done, he's done the theme songs for. He is awesome. He rocks. They also do short films, um, which are really, really cool, like short horror yep. films. So Team Check that out. Um, so we had the 4th of July yesterday. Yeah, we did. Some of our well, Stephanie European didn't. listeners... Oh, here we go. Um, w- uh, ...kind of said, I, I believe um, that it's Repstones and um, I Am Giant Woman were on um, very negative about uh, American beers. Uh, I believe there was something uh, kind of uh, weak-ass beers. I think it was <laughs> something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, you drink a Dogfish Head one hundred and twenty minute IPA, mm-hmm. and then you come talk to me well, IPA. It's not it's my turn
2: to correct you. I like <laughs> IPA. Damn it!
0: When I drink, that's how I pronounce it.
2: So <laughs> You're that's how it's going to Not stay. helping
1: your beer cause in your country. <laughs>
0: Sh- Hush! <laughs> I don't know. Hoptical illusion. Oh, what I am John Woman said is,
2: except everyone knows American beer is weak and pathetic. That's what she mm. said. E no no. Um. The uh, yes, the optical illusion from Blue Point, Blue which Point. is a local brewery here, yep. is great. Um, uh, the Long Trail stuff is really good. Um, Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada is really good. Um, Brooklyn Lager. Brooklyn Lager is awesome. Brooklyn Lagers are great. Uh, yeah, there's some really intense beer that they serve here. Um, so what were you, Javen? You agreeing with our listener, Stephanie?
1: Well, no, I mean, there are some good beers in the States, but I think the ones that get sold overseas and what she has experienced would be shit.
0: I would also like (laughs) to point out that Europe typically drinks their beers warm. (laughs) So you guys, I don't know if you're able to talk. Yeah, they do. Have you ever been to Europe? They drink beers room temperature. A lot of them do. Like, it's in England, room temperature, yeah. Are we teaching you something? Yeah. (laughs) Not what? eighty degrees I drink room my beer temperature. Anyway. Well, no, but room temperature isn't eighty degrees. You know it's yeah. beer. I'm just saying, if you're drinking your beer at room temperature, you might need to go back to school no. on how to properly so now, drink but a now, beer. But no, but no, now that's the, not true. The, the, the
3: flip of that is okay. Let's drink Coors Light at freezing, so that your taste buds vanish, so that it tastes like water. Well, yes, because oh, it, like it's ice that's all, that you've got. Yeah, because it for tastes for sure, like crap. Right. Yeah,
2: we have crappy beers, but every country has crappy beers. You know, Yes, I'm sure Budweiser is a crappy ass cheap beer and it gets exported everywhere because it's very, very popular, you know, and
3: very, very cheap.
2: But Stephanie, you wouldn't like us to judge all of Canada on like Molson ice, would you
0: mm, go for it if you
2: want? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you come hang out with us in New York. I'll get you trashed on some American beers. There's
2: some very good American beers as we listed. Um, Dogfish head. So um, at craggle underscore rock on Twitter says help. My brother's birthday is coming up and I want to get him a trade, either Batman or Spider-Man. Something with a new age art style and nothing too continuity heavy. Can you recommend anything? Well, the Night Charles... of the
1: Owls.
3: There you go. Yeah. The Night first one the, the, the on the
2: 52. Yeah.
1: Pretty new. Yeah. Pretty great.
2: Yeah. And starts from a new continuity. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But and it's, it's one Owls. of the
1: only books to actually really stick with the whole new continuity. New villains, new everything. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know Pretty well, anything to jump onto that.
0: So yeah, but then you've got to go and you've got to collect the other issues.
2: No, after. you don't. You don't have to. But I mean, what what he's saying is he doesn't want anything that you have to understand a bunch of continuity. Oh, okay. To right. understand, yeah, to read it uh, initially. Um, Batman or Spider Man, um, the first trade of the ult- new Ultimate Spider Man.
3: You don't need any continuity. Excellent. Four. Um, the names out of my head. I know. I think you picked up the uh, reissue of the Charles Vess. Spider-Man. It was a Treasury edition years ago. It's, it's make-believe or fairy tale. People can mm. Twitter. It's Charles Vest. Okay. And it came out about 15, 20 years ago. They just put it out in a trade size as opposed to the Treasury mm-hmm. that it was out initially, which is a very interesting, sort of fable art style kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Charles uh, Vest is fantastic. He, had, For anyone who doesn't know, he did the art for um, Neil Gaiman's Stardust and um, a bunch of his children books, like My Blueberry Girl and some other things. So he has a wonderful art style. So I haven't read that myself, but I will vouch for Charles Vess.
3: Thank Indeed. you for the help.
2: Um, uh, Spider-Man Blue, which is a Jeff Lowe book, which is, especially with this movie that just came out, is a, is a Gwen Stacy story. It's uh, Spider-Man, recor- Peter Parker recording, like on tape, uh, how he met Gwen Stacy and what that was like. It's, oh. it's a really sweet uh, love story. And it's very much, if you just know the basic Gwen Stacy beats it, uh, it works very, well, very very well. And of course, I mean, there's all the ba- the famous Batman books. I mean, Dark Knight Returns and Killing Joke are not continuity heavy. You can just pick them up. You know those characters. You can read them. Um, Year One, obviously, is another one. Um, Earth
0: One, which we just read. You don't need to know anything about yeah. Batman to read that book. If you want something independent, I'll give you something really out of left field. Uh, pick up uh, Royden Lep's Rust.
1: Well, well it he was said Spider-Man. Batman, he said Batman, oh, just Spider-Man.
0: Batman. or Spider-Man. Well, that's why I said it was off the Yeah, but he didn't want off the beaten path, Well, well maybe now he does. Is it <laughs> <off the> Batman
2: <laughs> or Spiderman? Sorry. Phil Spiderman, <laughs> Trying to broaden <laughs> your
0: horizons, buddy. IPA. Shut Epa. up. <laughs> um, drink some of our IPAs. You won't be making fun of me. You'll be on the floor drooling.
1: Still pronounce it IPA. Yeah. Oh,
0: God, just wait till you come to New York. I'm gonna beat you. That doesn't
2: sound She's, very she nice. Is, she
3: is, she she is right. So,
2: so be excited to come to New York, Stephanie. You'll get beat. Yeah.
1: drink you under the table, yo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll see.
1: I don't know. I live in Canada. I think that's all I do is drink. <laughs> I'm drunk right now, and I haven't even had anything to drink. Look at that. Take that.
2: Badass.
0: That was weak.
2: So, um, um. Also, uh, we got a lot of emails about our Justice League podcast last week, oh. uh, about, about casting and ideas for uh, plots, and we're going to get to those. We're going to get to those next week. Um, but um, thank you, everybody, for writing in. Thank you for tweeting us. Thank you for talking with our other listeners. You guys have started kind of creating a community. And on that note, we are. I'm looking to do kind of a message board forum on oh. our site so you guys can talk about it on our site and not have to kind of find each other in different ways. Um, We've had a lot of great submissions for our Amazing Spider-Man uh, giveaway, which we'll be giving away very soon. Um, we have another, we have a Dark Knight Rises giveaway coming up soon in, in the same vein. Like I said, we're going to give away this Batman Scott Snyder book next week on the podcast. We'll be reading out some of your awesome um, villain ideas. And um, next week is Comic-Con, and uh, Walking Dead number 100 comes out next week so there's a lot of stuff to talk about next week Stephanie unfortunately will not be with us next week because she will be at Comic Con I Ooh. will
1: so you know send me a tweet or something and let me know where you are and we can like <laughs> say hi and shit
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um, so unfortunately we'll be without her next week but we shall soldier on um, oh, sorry
1: guys don't miss me too much I'll, I'll
2: we, do, we do
3: already
1: <laughs> sorry
2: Bob's too nice we've already got your replacement it's all good go drink more (laughs) Um, in a couple weeks we have our big woman in comics week coming up and we have some really great stuff for you guys coming for that Um, so again thank you guys so much for listening and interacting with us it's been really humbling especially over the last couple weeks you guys have been so communicative with us and it's been amazing Um, thank you again to all our new contributors and writers you guys have been Kicking ass! Yeah, seriously, you yeah. guys
0: have been
3: great.
2: Yeah. Um. So thank you guys so so much. Yeah, I feel um, like it's time
3: for me to quit.
2: <laughs> no, you've <laughs> been uh, pumping out too. Your Wonder Woman archives article did really really well. Really, it did really really well. Yeah, yeah. Bob wrote a great article, um, uh, Tales from the Archives about um a Trina Robbins Wonder Woman run, which is a really great read. And uh, right now he has ten essential Captain America stories up there. So check that out. We got Steve's conch book covers. As always.
0: As always, every Thursday.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> and for people who are going to check out San Diego Comic Con, um, one of our new contributors, Alexander, has been posting up all kinds of stuff about the scheduling.
3: Yeah. Yes. Which would be a big help if you're trying to go out there and navigate that yeah. without it.
2: And he's going to be boots on the ground at Comic Con. So he's, and he's going to be, nice. um, you know, there's a lot of big stories, gonna a lot of big movie stuff. Um, we 're trying to kind of give you a, something a little bit different because you can find that stuff a million places he 's been trying to give you some more kind of specialized content more comic book focused content so look for that he 's been he 's been throwing out those road to comic con articles and they 've been great um we 've got some new stories up there you know we we even get to talk about you know um, joker coming back to the new fifty two and the Marvel now stuff and you know all this uh, a million things new writer How much
1: on di- and- a new interview went up today, too. Melissa Megan posted. Up.
2: Yeah, yeah, 44 Ooh, Flood. 44 Flood. Uh, we have a, a, if you're listening to this now, maybe in a couple of hours, but if you're listening to this Friday or beyond, we have a Jimmy Palmati interview going up, uh, which is awesome. Um, a lot of great stuff for you guys to check out. Um, and please, comment. Let us know what you think. And let us know what you guys want, too. If there's stuff we're not doing that you want us to do, let us know, because we'll do our best to make and- that happen.
1: Try and share the articles, too. Mm. I mean, in a lot of big sites, you know, the sharing kind of just gets, you know, put out there automatically. Everyone's just like, ah, this and that. But if you dig our articles, comment on them, and share them on Twitter and Facebook because, you know, to bring you guys bigger and better things and to bring on more contributors and other things like that to keep bringing out, again, new content, we just need to keep growing and growing and, mm-hmm. you know, sharing and commenting and all that stuff helps.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Beautiful. If you're not following us on Twitter, at Talking Comics on Twitter, it's right now the best way to kind of interact with us um, in a lot of ways. Um, info at TalkingComicBooks.com is the email address. And, of course, TalkingComicBooks.com is the um, site to check out all of this content. We have so much content going up right now. It's really, really exciting. Um, if you want to get in touch with us personally, I'm at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Steve is? Uh, dead underscore Anchorist. Yes. Um, Stephanie?
1: Hello, cookie.
2: And
3: Bob's email? No, I gave it the. It's Carrier Pigeon now. <laughs> Just so. <laughs> yeah. RRR2442 at yahoo.com.
2: Yes. And like I said before, if you guys want Bob to get on Twitter, that's the best place to kind of show him that correspondence. Um, He's
0: not
3: going
2: to do it. He might not. We're going to have it. to start
1: a Kickstarter project to yeah. get you know him a computer and Incentive get him set up with packages. the internet and lessons and stuff. Well, Bob has
2: a computer.
0: <laughs> You'll teasing. get to
2: spend I'm the teasing. entire <laughs>
3: afternoon with Bob. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, do that. we'll do that as a contest. Yeah. yeah. See who can put up with me for a half an hour at dinner.
0: <laughs>
3: Take him to Reeses. Yeah. There you go. I'll get a burger. <laughs> um so, yeah, that's
2: all of the stuff to get in touch with us. Oh, and review us on iTunes. Ray us on iTunes. It really helps. You know, if people are searching for comic book podcasts. If they see one with a lot of reviews and ratings, I might check that one out first because obviously people like it. Um, but, again, you guys have been awesome. It's been It's amazing to think that you actually want to listen to us talk about this stuff.
0: Yeah, I was just talking about this
2: yesterday. You know, it's Because just, it,
3: we're here having fun. Yeah. Hopefully that shows for everybody. Mm-hmm. It must be because yeah. we're, we're doing so well. But it's just sort of we're four people having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so,
1: and I don't know if we said this last week, but I don't know if he even listens. But thanks to Joey Esposito of IGN, who's oh, been yeah. pimping us out a little bit, and yeah. you're awesome, yes. dude. Yeah,
0: he is awesome.
2: Joey's a great guy. He's a really nice guy, and he's a great writer too. If you don't guys don't go to IGN Comics, I mean, of course, come to us first. But after that, <laughs> go to IGN Comics. You if can you've check got out spare time. Yeah, he does a great thing every week called Hero Worship, and he does a video called Comics Run that's really cool, where he goes over the week's comics that are coming out, what he's excited about, and stuff. It is it, a really good thing, and they just put up a top twenty-five Batman like graphic novel collection mm-hmm. there.
1: So hopefully we can have him back on the show again someday. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, so again, thank you guys very much. Um, that's it for the Talking Comics podcast for this week. For Steve, Yo Yo, Bob, Adios, and Stephanie.
1: See you in San Diego, everyone, or some of you.
2: <laughs> San Diego. San Spanish for a whale's vagina. Yeah, San Diego. Poor, vagina vagina. Yes, San Diego. <laughs> um, I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued.